And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Civil War was fought in 10,000 places, from Valverde, New Mexico, and Tullahoma, Tennessee, to St. Albans, Vermont, and Fernandina on the Florida coast. Men who had never strayed 20 miles from their own front doors now found themselves soldiers in great armies, fighting epic battles hundreds of miles from home. They knew they were making history, and it was the greatest adventure of their lives. You have a metal arm? That is awesome, dude. The war made some rich, ruined others, and changed forever the lives of all who lived through it. on my crack at work today <laughs> cleaning out the grease trap your crack should be hanging out with cleaning out the grease trap obviously yeah, it's inevitable that's my yoda saying for the day all right and that's what we're gonna lead with so good evening <laughs> welcome to the already <laughs> too silly to be a civil war civil war a round table well, are we recording we are recording is this thing on? Is, we'll get the name right to it. It's Captain America, colon, Civil War, the round table, two true freaks. And we have a, uh, a bevy of, of talented podcasting type folk here tonight. Don't lump uh, me in with the talented people. <laughs> oh, not. You know. <laughs> we got at least six people to go to get to you uh, here. L- Good. Lump is the <laughs> operative word there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was lumpy. Anyway. Um. We have the two original founding fucking freaks here tonight, so uh, you gotta love that. It's Scott Gardner and uh, Chris Honeywell with us. I'm gonna give my opinion. What was that, Sarah? I said, enter trumpet fanfare here. The kids yeah, def- something, you know, we'll let them pick their own soundtrack. Um, we'll do the Captain America theme somehow. Some hybrid with the Iron Man theme that I don't even want to attempt. Uh, after that, we've got Mike Zumo. Zumo? Zumo? Zumo. It's Zumo, right, Mike? You can stick with Baron Zumo. Baron Zumo would be good. Nice. Baron Zumo. Definitely going to be your Photoshop designation. So that well, it's be better good. than Electra. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you made a hot Electra, didn't you? Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, That's okay. Photoshop. We've got a staple of these here round table proceedings, Mr. Hair metal hero Christopher Tyler. I get to say it again, the motherfucking Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if I have a choice of picture, I would like to be Skadro's ass. <laughs> I'll just do my best. <laughs> we may require a picture of you clean shaven for that, but I'll do my best. My ass or my face? Face, ass, you know, whatever. What's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> That's what my mother says. I'll anything you can to the well, internet. I split I'm sure <laughs> Like the geisha picture. That would be, <laughs> picture. be in a job interview. That one will come up someday. <laughs> from way across the briny deep of the Atlantic, uh, we have David Walker with us again from Belfast. How are you doing, sir? 
I'm good. It's right. 2 a.m. How do you expect him to be? Well, he's a crazy man. He's just, he's, you know. He's our, awake. That's all that matters. He's our he's United, United Kingdom trooper of this network, and he'll, he'll come out for just about anything and at yeah, any much. ungodly hour. That I mean, I just, I just uh, begged my way onto a, a podcast with Leyland, and um, I'm going to have to get my happy ass up at 5 in the morning to do that. But. I know. <laughs> That's the hard part. Bob, I am willing to sacrifice to work with him, and, and Dave apparently likes joining us on our craziness. So sunrises is to have you, and Yeah, apparently, yeah. Well, I should find a better crew to spend them with. Um, <laughs> we have uh, actually the son of uh, the original geek, uh, Scott Gardner. Hey! And uh, we were messaging earlier, Scott, and we need your input on this. Uh, Scott Jr. asked me, you know, since I'm Scott 2.0, does that make him Scott 1.5 or Scott 3.0? <laughs> Nega Scott. 1.75. Yeah, Scott I negative we'd, point we'd probably have to email the IT department about that to get a <laughs> proper ruling. Uh, or Demonsi Corp lawyers. Uh, once again, joined on one of these things um, by Mr. Christopher Warden. Always hey, how you doing? Uh, Again, we have a, a, a ten-minute. Uh, well, no, we'll make it a five-minute uh, restriction on any comparisons to some other movie that might be similar to this one. Imposing <laughs> 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 that on you and me, Chris. Casablanca. Okay. Yeah, sure. The other things to say about it too, and I, and I'm going to break that. I'm, I'm going to break yeah. those eggs. I don't care. I, you know, I mean, it just begs the comparison to the the last Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God! I saw part of that. I saw the trailer for it. That's all I needed. <laughs> no, me and Sarah went and saw that, so the rest of you didn't have to. Well, that, thank you for that. Thank you. And last but, of course, not least, we have Sarah Tonin with us. Hi. And the estrogen point of view this evening, because uh, we couldn't get Hope to join us again, but hopefully she'll possibly give us, I want her pre-recorded review of this, because she did one for, for Winter Soldier that was just you know, purient and, and obscene and, and yeah, that's Oh, I'm going to talk a lot about Chris Evans's biceps. Don't worry. Yeah, sure. You know, especially <laughs> that helicopter scene, man. That almost right? almost made me flip. Uh, <laughs> basically, it's, it's ScarJo's ass talking about Chris Evans's biceps. I'll be in my bunk. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had no Hulk of romance in this movie, but um, there was Aww. too much other stuff going on. We almost had Android Witch romance, which would have been cool, but <laughs> Vision fucked it up. So he's basically just a walking sex toy then, isn't he? Yeah, well, you know, if you're going to build the ultimate ra- Android, you might as well have lots I, of attachments. He is fully functional. Yeah. <laughs> In red. No, he's not. No, 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 no. If you, if you watch Age of Ultron, he's a eunuch, man. I just, wanted, I just wanted to throw in the data reference. <laughs> Maybe he was upgraded hey. between... He was able to make a cape appear out of nowhere. He could probably make other things. <laughs> there you go. There we go. The mo- then the movie universe. Control of his density and, and molecular wow. structure. Yeah. Well, that didn't take long. So let's <laughs> this mess started. <laughs> we're, we're breaking our own records every time we do one of these things. That didn't take long at all. Well, why don't we, uh, since we, we didn't have the rules committee like we were supposed to before we started this, um, the, the Sokovia Accords did not take place before this podcast. 
Well, let's go around and do our little quick three to five minute, um, you know, recap of it and you know, what we thought. If you want, I, I figure we should declare Team Iron Man or Team Cap somewhere in this podcast. Why don't we save it for like our wrap up? Um, but yeah, we'll just do our quick reviews and then we'll we'll jump into the meat of it and whatever anybody wants to talk about. And yeah, just just go with it. Let's police ourselves and do those pregnant pauses so everyone can speak and you know I like that. so who wants to start? We'll well, go why don't you run us around like from your order there? So that'll work. Um, I have in my upper left hand corner uh, the hair metal hero. So go, sir. Uh, I love this movie. I had a ton of fun watching it. I'm loving everything Marvel's doing right now, except for Thor 2, which I've said repeated times. Uh, this movie is great. I bought into both sides of the argument, unlike you know, how it happened in the comics. Love the use of Zemo in this. The motherfucking Falcon. Skadro's ass. I'll say more later. Excellent. There's a lot of people on. I don't want to monopolize yeah. everything. Yeah, no, perfect, man. Oh, perfect. Mr. Walker, David from across the ocean. Okay, so we had two points of view that were perfectly valid. As Chris said, completely different from the comic. It didn't force you to accept one side's opinion, but it did focus on following Cap, which is what it should be doing. It's a Cap film. And Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. And... All of the stuff Spider-Man did. Yes. Um, I, I got to see a new Spider-Man that I really enjoyed. That they, they pretty much had me when they showed him. Uh, and I'm looking forward to whatever Sony and Marvel are doing with him. And whatever they've got in store for any Avengers stuff coming up uh, with all of the characters. And it was just a great movie. I, it entertained me for the complete two, two and a half hours, was it? Something like that. And I didn't dislike any of it. Excellent. Uh, I suspect there might be a lot of that going around tonight. Scotty Gardner Jr., 1.75 upgrade, <laughs> whatever, uh, who has a Spider-Man for his his profile I icon in tonight. So, yeah, all the rest of us are slacking. We got uh, just cheesy stuff and... We got Wolverine, but he's can't be in the Avengers yet. I'm pretty. <laughs> Scott, go for it. All right. Uh, wow. Um, this is arguably the best Marvel movie I've seen yet in strong competition with uh, Deadpool for my favorites with Cap 2 in a close second. Um, but unlike Cap 2, this didn't leave a weird taste in my mouth um, in the way that Cap 2 handled a lot of weird um weird shadow government area that kind of thing and this handled more of a uh, a social political angle and it asked a heavy question without really giving a heavy answer mm -hmm. and it works really well because they balanced out all the uh the political talk and the uh the in-team arguing and that with the best action that we have seen thus far the fight choreography in this movie is what sold it in the trailers for me, aside from, of course, Spider-Man's appearance. And Spider-Man, of all these characters, it was just amazing. Aunt May, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Aunt May suddenly becoming uh, 
uh, competition with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Peg. <laughs> oh, I know. It's so tough. Oh. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Spider-Man's introduction makes me really hopeful that he's going to get a movie series now that's going to be really, really true to the character. And, um, and, and while I did like the uh, Raimi films up to a certain point... And um, Garfield's performance... I didn't even see the second Garfield movie, so... Um, You're not missing much. <clears throat> I didn't imagine. But, yeah, I am... It, this movie left me really hopeful for uh, for the future of Marvel, and that's all I got to say for the uh, for the opening thoughts, and then move over for the others. All right. Serotonin joining us tonight from The Overlook. You're not at The Overlook tonight. No, but... Um, Go. No, I have escaped the overlook for the evening. Right. <clears throat> um, the, the guests check out, but they don't always leave. <laughs> um, this movie, I, I enjoyed every bit of it. My son took me for Mother's Day. Um, I saw it in 3D, and I'm here to tell you, Chris Evans' biceps in 3D were phenomenal. Um, <laughs> I will leave the purient point of view for Hope if she does it. I was uncomfortable in the fact that it tried to make me see Tony Stark as a villain, but maybe that's just my take on it. I am not a comic reader. My son brought me a very large tome entitled Civil War, and it was the first comic I read. So way to jump in feet first. Um, enjoyed every bit of the movie. Bright lights, pretty colors, loud noises, you know, the standard line. Um, I don't think there was any bit of it that I didn't like except for that slightly uncomfortable feeling that it gave me. Um, meeting the new Spider-Man was awesome. The little dude turned into the big dude was epic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and from the estrogen soap point of view, the amount of beefcake was just about right. <laughs> Thank oh, you. You were missing um, Thor at all? You, you were living without Thor? Well, okay. you know, I can, I can live without Thor because I got to see a whole <laughs> lot of pants and Bucky. And uh, Bucky's pants were almost tight enough this time. Thank you. You'd have to fight hope for Bucky and then to put the Black Panther. Well, as, you know, as, I'm thinking that Mr. Like Man might be a little cold, so hope can have him. <laughs> Moving on to, I guess we'll go, yeah, Chris Warden, you're up, man. Oh, yay. Now, this plot holes be damned. This movie was just pure fun. Um, all the way throughout, several times that it got the reaction out of my whole family, the oohs and the ahs, and, and holy fuck. Um, on a couple of the action scenes, like uh, Scott was saying, that it was just phenomenal. Um, someone out there said that they need to do a uh, Bucky and Falcon uh, buddy movie. I'm right there with it. Those two guys were the show. Um, it's it's everything you wanted out of the superhero movie. Enjoyment, pure and simple, straight out, unlike the last one I saw. Um, I don't know how else to go into this. It's, it's more, more comments to be made during, during it, but it's... Marvel did it again. You know, they they took a shit ton of characters with a shit ton going on, made it understandable, and you got to the end and you knew what was going on. It's you didn't have a what the fuck's happening at this moment or that moment. Everything was clear out. Um, Paul Rudd as uh, 
Giant Man was awesome. Um, I knew it was coming, but it, it was still great to see. Um, there, yeah, it was all great. Next. Scott Gardner, you're up. All right. Um, this movie is just, it's a wonderful magic trick. And what I mean by that is Marvel continues to do movies that should be impossible. They shouldn't work. And this one took me back to that feeling I had watching the Avengers for the first time, specifically the scene where Iron Man draws Thor into a fight. They tussle for a little bit. Captain America shows up. And you get that wonderful shot of the three of them standing in that just cleared forest. You're cleared by the, the by the big battle that they just had, and that feeling I had of holy shit, this this is actually happening. This it's not only happening, it it's working. And you know, as an old school comic book fan who has watched the evolution of the comic book movie, and you know, you guys, a lot of you have been there too. You know what it's been like. The rough road that we've had up till now, getting to the point where we had, we've had, you know, some epic tries, but we've also had some just colossal failures along the way. And you look at this movie, and that's the thing I appreciate most about this particular movie, is you look at the structure of the movie, what the movie's about, and just as uh, Chris said, the, the sheer number of characters in this movie alone should drag this movie down and, and make it untenable. And yet they did it. They give service. I mean, wonderful service to every character that's in this movie. Everybody gets a moment. It doesn't feel bloated. It doesn't feel over. And it should. There's so many reasons why this movie shouldn't work. Just like the Avengers shouldn't have worked. And yet it did. And not only does it work, it's just this movie is just, you know, the the review I had for it the night I saw it was just it was a simple one word. Great. And that's how I felt walking out of that movie. And that's how I still feel about the movie. It is a great movie. And it, it just gave me so many things that I've been wanting from a superhero movie. And I mean, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far has just been, you know, one phenomenal movie after another. And every time I think, okay, they pretty much got it to where it's going to be. Then they come out with something like this that just keeps plussing it. It just keeps making it better and better. And they keep performing new magic tricks to just make me that much more impressed with what they're doing. And God bless them. Cause I've been so, uh, you know, everything from eh to outright just crushingly disappointed by so many other franchises that I've followed over the years cinematically. It's wonderful to, to get this one that consistently just keeps giving me what I want. You know, there, there have been no disappointments at all so far. Sure, I've liked certain ones better than others, but for the most part, they just keep getting better. And that's really wild when you think about it with the quality that we've had so far that they're doing that consistently. Uh, it is the very rare genre movie, you know, the geek genre movie for me. I mean, you guys know, you've, you've heard the shows I've done. It is a very rare genre movie for me where I have no complaints, you know, where there's not anything I can find to 
you know, nitpick or outright bitch about, or, well, you know, I didn't like this, or this could have been better, or, gee, I wish they'd gone that direction. I walked out of this movie looking for things and could not think of anything. I loved it top to bottom. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I was just, uh, I was taken back to being a little kid. There were so many moments in this movie where I was that obnoxious guy in the theater, jumping up and down like a five-year-old on sugar, you know, just going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I mean, so many moments. Because there's so many wonderful Easter eggs and little iconic moments that, again, if you're a longtime comic book fan, just things that if somebody had told me back in the 80s, hey, one day that'll be on the screen, I wouldn't have believed it. Or Or if I did believe it, I'd be like, yeah, it'll be on the screen, it'll look like crap and nobody will believe it. But they did it, you know, Ant-Man riding an arrowhead, you know, that that's something I've wanted to see, you know, since, you know, those those old covers in the 80s, you know, giant man. That shit was awesome. And again, it shouldn't have worked. It, it should have come off as the cheesiest, hokiest looking thing. But that's one of the standout moments of the movie. I mean, so many moments like that that I just absolutely loved. I I just I dug the hell out of this movie. I really did. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'll give uh, I'll give the rest of my time yeah, to somebody save else. Save some uh, joy for yeah. us plebs over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna go over to Mike Zumo and give me at least thirty seconds, of Mike, because I'm getting coffee at the same time. You're really you would make me follow that thought out comments <laughs> no, i'm making myself go last that's even worse well i must say i enjoyed about 142 out of the 147 minutes i i got sent out for popcorn twice so i missed about five minutes of the movie but uh other than that you know i i thought it was i thought it was great i thought it picked up the plot lines from the previous movies very well you know with all the characters it could it could have been bloated but as scott said i think scott is who said it uh all, all the storylines were serviced. All the characters had their moments. You know, one, one of the things I was concerned about going in was that we really had no hint of a villain. And I'm glad there was one. I, I really didn't want to see Tony and Cap fighting for the whole movie. So I'm glad they that there was a villainous aspect to it beyond the Civil War plotline. And Spider-Man, what, what, what can I say, you know? I sold my five-year-old daughter on this movie because Spider-Man was in it. Which I paid the price for in the beginning because I kept getting the, where's Spider-Man for about an hour. But once he came on the screen, man, she was loving it. And I was loving seeing her love it. So that was probably the best part of the movie for me. Well, the second best part. The best part, as a, I'm from Brooklyn, so seeing Cap get a, get the drop on that little shift in Queens, I was okay with that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, <laughs> but, you know, Very territorial uh, around there, I hear. <laughs> yeah, we can be. But it was, uh, you know, it was a great movie. Uh, probably the best of the three Avengers movies. I, you know, I'm kind of disappointed that we're not going to get another Cap movie before the Infinity War. Because I'd really love to see Cap dealing with the consequences of, uh, of this film. But, oh, well, great, great movie. Another solid, uh outing by marvel you're chris honeywell hello you know i mean i'm not a big i i was a superhero reader when i first started reading comics you know back in the day with scott gardner 
And that's when I really knew the lore and stuff to a limited extent, to a limited time period. So I'm almost in the casual watcher. And, you know, way going back to the beginning when they were announcing the beginning of the Marvel movies. And I was like, yeah, yeah, Iron Man, whatever, you know. And I've been completely sucked in ever since. And I think this movie was pretty much the, the high point of, like... Marvel has created something, it's like a new genre. It's not really movies, and it's it's not comic books. They didn't make comic book movies where it's like, we're going to make this look like a comic book and have the people talk exactly like a comic book. They've just sort of created their own thing. And I think with Age of Ultron, it started to bog down a little bit. You know, the, the that movie had a little bit little bit of fat in it and a little bit of just like too many gears working and they instantly corrected that in this movie it's just so deft and light how they throw i mean basically this movie is almost a fusion of winter soldier and avengers but it doesn't feel like either the movies are like they've been mashed together it feels like you know it's it's like marvel comics in when i was into reading marvel comics you have different you have different artists and you have different writers and different styles that show up in the different comic books and there'll be a run with you know the simonson run or whatever and this this you know with these directors are sort of like you know a simonson run or the john byrne run of fantastic four or something you know there's they're really clicking with the story and the and the action and i remember about an hour into it get going all right this is starting to slow down a little bit and then boom spider-man and i got to say i was a goofy mcgregor can attest to it what what yeah, well, we, we got to that airplane hangar because i you know i i like the action and stuff but this movie, as and as Scott one point seven five says, it just captures the movement and the the rhythm and the and the way the characters are communicating with each other. And I think this movie immensely benefited from there. Was, there was a bad guy, but you had all these characters were fighting each other. So it's not just a bo- boss battle at the end against the bad guy everybody has history and chemistry and it's it's history and chemistry that's been earned and the newer characters you know get enough time to start shading them in and getting you familiar with them and so now when you go to these movies and see them and somebody shows up it's not just like oh i like that character you already know like they have a personality the actor all the actors are so well into their roles it's almost like a TV show, you know. They've they've been in their role so long, and interacting with each other, that you're. It's like seeing a Star Trek movie with the original cast. You're just like, ah, oh, yeah, here they are. You got the, the the interactions, and man, it was just, it's just what they make, you know, summer movies for. It was it was it was just sort of it's. It's not gonna win, you know. It's not an Oscar-winning movie. It's just sort of perfect entertainment, and uh, 
You know, I mean, it works. It, it works for me, and it's gonna work for. It would work probably for Joe off the street, who's only like sort of watch the other movies or something, who doesn't read comics or whatever. Yeah, it's a minor, minor miracle, and it's almost like we're in this magic time <laughs> where they should have bombed a couple movies by now or yeah. like really screwed them up, but they're not, and it's just like, hey, <laughs> I am going. not gonna. Not gonna complain. No, I'm probably cursing by by speaking it out loud, but oh well, that's what podcasts are for. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll wrap it up here. Um, I'll just wrap up this section anyway. Uh, I just nothing but thumbs up. I it's not a perfect film, you know. I, I have a couple nitpicks here and there, but they're just so so minor as to not give it like you know ninety five percent. On the whatever Scotto meter, um, I decided the Russo brothers were Hydra experiment designed to find the best Marvel directors. Uh, they apparently genetically engineered them from the DNA of the greatest action and comedy directors of all time. I think they stole some DNA from Joss Whedon uh, with his power for ensemble directing that he did great in both Avengers movies. And I agree with Chris that things started to get. I was really worried about this film um, based on just based on the amount of characters and based on some of the problems I had with Age of Ultron, which sounds similar to Chris's, that it just did start feeling like it was serving too many other masters. This one actually felt like it was setting up other things less, despite, you know, the uh, the extra characters in this one, you know, Spider-Man and Black Panther, which were amazing setups for, for their future endeavors. Um, but man, where did the Russos come from? I mean, they were on Community, Arrested Development. Arrested Development's one of my favorite shows. Hilarious stuff. You can see where they got their comic timing from, but where did these guys learn to shoot action like that? It's just like... They grabbed the directives from John Wick. Yeah, it never hurts. Uh, you know, yeah, and I'm sure Marvel opened the wallets and said, find find some good people to, to school you to get you through this because as great as the action was in Winter Soldier, I mean, they just, they've surpassed it in this, uh, in both the small stuff, the hand-to-hand stuff, and uh, the big, you know, the, they this was their proof of concept that they're going to be able to handle something like Infinity War too, that, 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 that many people on screen just battling it out, you can have it coherent and edited that you cut to this these two people going at it and have a great time for a couple seconds and get a couple quips in there and yeah they're brilliant because now when when the infinity war starts happening and you got the uninitiated regular film goers you'll just have to say oh yeah all those marvel movies all the you know the avengers and guardians of the galaxy yeah. start to hit and then people go oh, oh space yeah. oh yeah it's it's gonna be ridiculous yeah um <laughs> i can't even imagine as scott said it's just kind of america gardner the first whatever we're calling you guys tonight uh, scott prime <laughs> that it's just yeah it's almost amazing that movies like this get made and work like this i, I wasn't actually originally <laughs> we a big... could call scott gardner the commodore <laughs> yeah, here we go <laughs> what <laughs> Because he got the same squinky eye. Yeah. <laughs> squinky eye. <laughs> I'm Scott Gardner. <laughs> Avatar is Master a of the skinny. <laughs> You're not all seeing what we're seeing here. I laughed a whole year. 
Yeah. Hold <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, I have people rat. calling me and stuff. What's going on here? Is it is it Paul Spataro? Oh no, um, we got to re-add Sarah. Baby, hit the call button. After the theatrical cartoons, after the movie serials, a new medium helped define an icon for generations to come. The Adventures of Superman. Join Mike Zumo as the Man of Screen podcast enters the next phase with a year-long look at the 1950s television series, The Adventures of Superman, starring George Reeves as Clark Kent and Superman. No comment until the time limit is up. Phyllis Coates as Lois Lane during season one. What are you afraid of? What are you hiding? And Noel Neal as Lois Lane starting in season two. Why did you wait? Jack Larson as Jimmy Olsen. Mr. Kent is Superman. John Hamilton as Perry White. Don't call me Chief! And Robert Shane as Inspector Henderson. I don't want excuses, I want action. So, follow along Mike and some possible guest hosts for an in-depth analysis of The Adventures of Superman. Starting in June at supermanpodcastnetwork.com and manofscreen.podomatic.com. This is a job for Superman. I mean, I've got to find it. Sorry about that. Oh, there she is. I have to move the toddler from yeah, the this room. This is the perfect time to have technical difficulties, I think, right at the end of yeah. the segment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing got cut. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, not a problem. Um, also, I think I unmuted at one point there. Sorry. No sweat. You can do with a couple of peripheral sounds. Uh, well, that's, that's about all I got to say about it anyway. So, um, I don't know. Phase two of the end of phase two. Wait, was this? This is phase three. No, I think Ant-Man was actually. Ant-Man was the end of phase two, I think. Yeah, we actually confirmed that on the Ant-Man podcast. Did we? Okay. I think somebody must have Googled it. Ignore me. Because we're that, you know, we're that ruthless with our research that I'm sure we did. Yeah. Anywho, uh where we want to go with this guys um i said i i have a couple small nitpicks and maybe i'll just throw them out there now um go for it. let's see if you guys want to just piggyback on them sharon carter it was nice to see her and she had a nice little fight scene there and and i do like her plot about being the cia agent that's feeding cap um inside stuff but i mean she felt a little underutilized and the romance just kind of felt tacked on a little bit feels like we missed a couple deleted scenes in there somewhere. If you can't get Peg, you get Sharon. I'm all hey, yeah, it's and that, and it's, actually um, in that I was way, wondering uh, since we actually creepy to me the, too. Uh, Sharon Carter come up first, what did everyone think of the uh, the message? Did everyone understand at first that they were messaging Cap about that Peggy had just passed? I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it too. Yeah, yeah. and that was a yeah, that got an audible no out of me yeah. in the movie. That was, that was sad. Was, Good stuff in the uh, yeah, that was some good stuff too. And then, you know, and it could be argued that did it have a place in the movie? But absolutely, I mean, it, it shows yeah, that I, this, I think it did. This was still I, a Captain America movie. Yeah, we're completing his arc. So, uh, yeah, and it was I, I, greatly done. Widow and like yeah. I got you know Widow giving Cap a hug in the church got a tear out of me. I'll admit it. It was pretty cool. <laughs> well, that's funny that this one is the beginning of phase three because it, you know if i was asked to describe this this movie in in one word i would probably say 
a culmination. Yeah. Because yeah. this really, that's one of the things that really worked for me with this movie is that, yes, you got the launching of certain new aspects like Black Panther and Spider-Man that we'll see fleshed out later. But one of the things I really, really liked about this movie was that we got kind of the culmination of a lot of different plot points and closure for a lot of things. I, I find it very ironic that a lot of people are really upset that apparently uh, Agent Carter is no more as far as the, the TV series goes. You know, now that we've seen her death in the you know, cinematic universe, I'm actually kind of okay with that. You know, because I feel like w her story's now, it's all wrapped up in a neat little bow, if you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, I would have been cool with getting more, but again, now that we've, we're, where we're at with these movies and everything, I, I don't know, somehow it all works for me. So I'm, I'm not all that, uh, I'm not all that upset, it, you know, if that's, you know, the two seasons we got is all we get kind of thing. Well, I was kind of hoping, and I think a lot of fans of that show are hoping... Because we first got like the extra Peggy Carter stuff in one of those one shots, and it was basically right. about her helping to form Shield, and that's what a story we're not really going to get to see now, presumably. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that show yeah, in there. That maybe they should have almost, you know, should have done maybe the Arrow thing and worked backwards from well, Shield is, you know, we're putting together Shield now, but let's go back a ways and see how we got here, you right. know, just so we could have kind of closed that loop too, but. But yeah, I don't see them. Yeah, there's been hints about talking about a Netflix show, but I don't think we're going to see a lot of Peggy Carter in the future. <laughs> I think we have wrapped that up. That is a damn well. shame. It is. Yep. It is. Uh, the show is pretty good. I mean, I, I love the, I love the the play. I could watch nothing but the Peggy and Jarvis Roadshow from that, <laughs> that TV series. But um, another. Uh, I guess the only I loved Scott Lang doing kind of the over dramatics of here's your shield, Captain America, and him just loving being among you know him kind of trying to be like a comic book character because he's now playing with all these big heroes. So that was some funny stuff, but I don't know if it was just me, but the rest of his voice work kind of struck me as it was so obviously like uh, you know um, what's the term ADR uh, that it just felt out of place even with some of the other masked heroes. Did anyone else notice that, that his voice just seemed a little off as far as the mix or? Uh, I don't think my brain, uh, my brain doesn't really go there. It's yeah, like, all right, he's just. Mine did. Mine my, only my did brain the goes, second viewing tonight. So if the movie's lagging, then my brain starts noticing that. But once I get sucked yeah. in, I'm like sucked in a lot of times that it has to be like batter me about the face to, in order to, to get me to notice it. I mean, because I mean, if we were, if they were going to be realistic, everybody in that movie would have started, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Spider-Man, no. I, I think the Spider-Man Tony meeting were some of the some of the best friggin' Marvel movie I've seen. It was just they hit the nail so on the head with that kid. And it a 15-year-old Spider-Man is Spider-Man to me. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. And yes. that he's not like some 30-year-old guy playing a 15-year-old kid. He's he's 18-year-old guy playing a 15-year-old kid. And he's okay. short, and he's spindly, and... <laughs> and he plays the... He plays, he plays the you know ADHD uh, teenager great, and then he also, like, he'll switch just on a dime. He switches a couple times into snarky towards Stark mode and then he's just like, no, oh, fuck you, man. Right, yeah, he's not 
he's not like I think there there's there's a temptation to make Spider-Man because angst was a part of like the original yeah uh, the Spider-Man character, but I think it usually gets like revved up a little too much in the movies. Yeah, this kid, this kid was there wasn't really anything for him to be angsty about in this movie, but he's he's cocky. He's he's a t- a fifteen year old kid with superpowers. Yeah. So he's still got that cockiness, but he's still it, it's just pitch per- it was pitch perfect and just the way that he moved and used his webs and everything was the the comic come to life, you know. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was seamless and just the rhythm of how he would be talking and swinging and doing stuff was it was it was perfect and it yeah. A lot of it, it's just this perfect timing of, like, now they can do those special effects and also having the people who know how to how to do it. And, and you're not even sitting there thinking, like, oh, my God, they set up the scene perfectly. It just flows and goes. Yeah. And what was great is that they let him be – they let him basically kick the crap out of most of the Avengers, and it was beautiful. It's like, no, I'm not just – I'm a newbie, but I can stand with the rescue. Anyway. Well, he's he's one of the strongest people in that yeah. field of characters. He just doesn't realize it. Yeah, and the scene of him stopping Bucky's arm was just pitch Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah, just don't like him so happy to be there. Let me uh, just jump on this for my, my last little nitpick and see if you guys agree. And it's just so small that it's like, I, I feel like if there's only one chink in the Russo's filmmaking armor... This one showcased a little better than than Winter Soldier, and that they do such incredible hand to hand combat work that there is kind of the un- the transition to the bigger superhero stuff does get a little CGI bouncy, a little more noticeable. But in, I have no doubt that they'll they'll improve on that because they improved on the other on the hand to hand combat scene since Winter Soldier, and that was no small feat. Um, but and I, I knew the giant man thing was coming too. Unfortunately, thanks fucking Lego. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lego's and, uh, big buzz kill again. Yeah, wasn't there a Funko figure of him? Yeah, yeah. Was there a Funko too? Yeah. No, you know. Yeah, yeah. There was it's Lego's fault that I, I clicked on the headline that said "Don't click here if you want spoilers." There you yeah, go. It's, it's Lego's. Maybe fault. I should have told you to click on it. <laughs> yeah, it, right? it, the reverse psychology does work on me frequently. Don't push the big red button. But I, I didn't know how that would end up looking, and it was just like, I, I was probably crying with laughter at that point, you know, in the middle of that fight. Is, when is that there, finally happened, and just that, carrying that, the whip off of a jet, and it's just like, oh The my one God. moment where he goes, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> the Dolly Group Giant. Yeah, 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 you can see his eyes getting big. That's yep. what I love about the Marvel movies. They're not afraid to be just like, right. this guy's having a, a riot right yeah. now, and he's doing what everybody else would do. He's just like, oh, ho, ho, I've got your legs, little man. You know, right? When he's crawling around in the Iron Man suit, ripping cables out, he's, oh, he's, yeah, he's joking at Iron Man while doing it. Tony, this is your conscience speaking. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't spoken in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that works too because he's already got the added stuff from you know Hank telling him how much the Starks are assholes too. So it's like, God, I love fun. I just love fun. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I love it. You're a normal human oh, being. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I eat that shit up. 
fucking Spider-Man line. You remember that old movie? Oh, God. Oh, oh, that was like getting stabbed in the heart. Oh, I know. <laughs> just can you say that? How old that is this? Awesome. Remember that old movie? <clears throat> yeah, my daughter's next to me going, she's like, yeah, that is an old movie. I'm like, shut up, kid. <laughs> Damn, kid. It did. It made me do the math in my head and go, I, yeah. yeah, it's old. Considering the film would come out maybe two decades before the kid was born, so... Yeah, you know, but it's kind of worrying. Has it really been that long? Am I thirty-six that old? years? Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, that's that's like when we were kids and saw Gone with the Wind on TV, and we're like, hey, look at yeah. that. These old movies. If Gone with and the I Wind had superheroes, it would be awesome. This Aunt May might have been a kid when Star Wars came out. Right. Well, Gone with the Wind had Superman. I've been I've been one of those in the camp of wow Aunt May is too young and hot now, but I decided I changed no, my mind. No, I changed my mind too on that. I didn't on the like second that. viewing, I'm like, you know what? No, she's well. For one, it would be more realistic if she was around the age that Marissa Tomei is anyway for a 15 year old. And wait until um, the R-rated cut when uh, he walks in on Tony banging her on the couch. <laughs> well, that's that's going to be in the solo Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man is that because her biological yeah, clock is so- going? <laughs> Coming, I hear they. I hear they comes set home it up to that, like, and that starts him versus. Iron Man. I, I hear they set it up just like the scene in Excalibur where Arthur is banging in full armor. Yeah. <laughs> it's what we call real protection. Yeah. That that thing with Aunt May seriously for for a brief moment threatened to made make me have a, a little nomad moment where I'm just going does not compute error error because <laughs> you know on the one hand the the comic book purist in me is going no 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 Aunt May is not young and hot she's you know 112 years old and looks like you know a corpse like, right. like Norman Bates's mother or something <laughs> yeah which turned into a so shitty plot device for the first 20 years of Spider-Man <laughs> I'm so glad well, that's know, gone there's the other half of it that's going but it's you know it's her you know it's uh what's her name Marissa Tomei you know and she's yeah. you know she's just gorgeous and it, well, so that would, that would those, those an two halves are kind of warring each other for a little <laughs> and bit and it's there. also yeah it makes you think like I really wasn't that fond of Aunt May anyway. Well, that that was the thing. That's what won out. Is in the long run, it's like, you know, the the part of me that was like, but it's Marissa Tomei shut down the purist (laughs) because I'm like, okay, even if they went pure on this, I hate that version of Aunt May. So why do I want them to give me something I hate? So because you're used to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Don't get me wrong. I loved Aunt May in the, in the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Absolutely loved the actress and what she did with that. Yeah, I did too. But let, let's be honest. It's a classic comic off the panel, Aunt May. But if this if this is gonna lead to you know not having a half an hour plot sidetrack in a solo Spider-Man movie where he's worried about getting his getting her pills to her on time, Jesus Christ! Like, thank what, God. Yeah. What I what I what I loved about this is like there was there was actually an opportunity to have the origins somewhat in there of Spider-Man, you know, I got bit by a spider. Yeah, they did it perfectly. And they just yeah. sloughed it right off, and I was yeah. just like, yes. Because thank, thank God you. we don't need another origin right. story. Right, it's like, we're gonna, like I'm sitting here yeah. talking to Iron Man. Yeah, he's already really established here over this time. Yeah. It, it, you you don't have care? <laughs> Spider-Man is just re- ready to go out of the box. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to see yeah. Well, once he got New Underwood, yeah. he was ready to go out of the box. God, that suit was good. Yeah. With the eyes, the blinky eyes. Oh, so so excited! It was great. They had a little explanation for that. Was basically spider sense there. It's like my senses are all so enhanced, you know. That's why I can kind of see through this. So I mean, they covered so much 
origin, and they covered more origin than that Spider-Man moment with Iron Man, you know, that Peter Parker Iron Iron Man moments, and you know, that they've redone a hundred yeah. times in other movies. Well, yeah, but and he well, said, yeah. with "Great power comes great responsibility." The best way he's ever said it without actually saying those words. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was a great little. You know, it's like when. When you can do what I do and the bad stuff still happens, that's on you. You know, that was basically uh, uh, Spider Man in a nutshell. <laughs> who, is there going to be a Spider Man purist? Because cause wasn't it that Tony Stark gave him the Spider Man costume, the more traditional looking one, because the one he was running around was was with some goggles and some just a red hoodie that I'm and okay stuff. With. You mean what the I one was that really worried like about was that? I'm sorry, I was worried about that they were. Oh, great. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. No, it's the the costume that looked like a 15-year-old kid made it. Right. That, that That's why I was happy enough with it, because it right. makes sense. And yeah, right. like, like I said, a kick-ass outfit. Yeah, and it allowed him to have the kind of expression with the eyes now yeah. that they did all throughout uh, certain eras of the comics, that while it, it doesn't make any sense for it to happen with just a cloth mask, they, they can do that now, and... I just love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the costume. The thing I was most worried about was that it was going to end up being Stark was the one who invented the web slingers. And I think I would have been like, nope, that, not, not, that's my line. But, you know, I was oh, even okay yeah. with organic web slingers. No. They either have to be organic <laughs> no. or you're asked to invent them. I second the no. Yeah. I was oh, I, really yeah. glad that he didn't have little like no, little yeah, sebaceous too. glands on his. <laughs> no, yeah, that actually is a nice little moment where Stark asks him, "Who's been manufacturing this?" And Peter says, "Me." Yeah, I have. That's what we did. Stark's actually impressed because yeah. I'm awesome. Mag- magazines in order to manufacture it. Because even the Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> reboot didn't even really give Peter the props on that. He basically found it in Oscorp and ordered a shitload of it. You know, and it was like he didn't even invent it really. In those films, so it's they probably didn't bother to hire writers for those movies. Oh, yeah, they clearly didn't. No, they clearly he invented really didn't. the delivery method, you know, did the web shooters, but not the webs itself. Yeah, I think that's right. what it was. I, I was okay with it because at least I had web shooters now instead of organic webs. So yeah. right. they're, they're gradually doing it, and now they've got the back spider right for me. So, oh, yeah. The, yes, and the spider signal. Oh my god, you have no idea how much yes. how excited I was. That, it's like it's such a stupid that? thing to put in there, but I love it. Not makes sense, and it looks like it's got a couple of added features. Somebody check. Yeah, that's what we were talking. She hasn't hung herself yet. Um, you back there, babe? Well, I was gonna. I was going to uh, at at the peril of bringing a lot of male nerd stuff going around. <laughs> at the peril of bringing this conversation back to Scarlett Johansson's ass, which what was what hey? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was glad to see how Black Widow kept trying to be the voice of reason in this group of what the fuck is going on with these people. Um, are we still friends? Do you really want to do this? You know how this is going to end. You know, she kept trying to bring them back together again. And I was pretty happy that somebody had the voice of reason instead of these boys just going out testosterone on each other and kicking the shit out of one another. Um, do, you, do you really want to do this, Cap? You know how this is going to end. Are you really going to try to punch your way out of this? She is very much a big sister to the group at this point. She, yeah, she's taken on. I didn't know if it was the mom role or the sister role, but at least she had the voice of reason. And uh, I was happy to see that. She's a conflicted mom role, and she's got two yeah. kids that are uh, 
going two different ways, and she he doesn't want to. Well, that's well, the. I have two sons that have gone different ways, so I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that's the role of somebody that had a horrible shit life as a kid and was trained to be a murderer, and now has a family, yeah. and she just doesn't yeah. want to see the family break up. And uh, yeah. to be fair, Tony doesn't want to see the family break up either. None of them do. No. None of them do. When it ends up, you know, even when it ends up in a, being in a fight. Nobody's gonna kill each other, you know. You never get that feeling, and you and you you never really get that feeling that they're going to, you know, there's going to be relationships permanently severed. The Scarlet but, Witch is like you're you're pulling your punches, and yeah. um, who who the hell was it? War Machine. This this isn't gonna kill you, but it's gonna hurt like hell. Yeah, I I, I don't think either side was a hundred percent assured of their of their rightness you know of their if of their big right it would have resulted in grease spots on the pavement right right so they you know i mean they they were they were fighting just because they were getting forced into the situation and it was it was it was done so well you know you never you never got that fake you know animosity yeah they yeah. which was the problem with the comic i thought that they never really sold the motivations as well in the comic book it's just like this this guy's gonna go this way and this guy's gonna go right. this way and then and, they hate you know, each other yeah. yeah and like everyone's out for full blood the only people out for blood were zemo and black panther until the end of the movie yeah. right yeah now, now chris and has mentioned black that now everybody wasn't 100% sure of how, how right they were. I thought that was especially true of Rhodey, who at the end there said he signed the Accords because it was the right thing to do. I took that as, you know, that was kind of his soldier mentality, signing it because yeah. he was ordered to. I didn't think he really agreed with it. At least to me. <clears throat> Could, be. Could be. Yeah, like one of my minor nitpicks is, is Tony's motivations were a little, you know... Questionable. They were a little questionable. They were a little self-centered too. They, well, they, well, that's true well, to the character. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's true. Tony, but... Um, but I well, mean, let's let's talk about he, that in particular well, he, because he, it's... he had a mom giving him a picture of her son, and he dropped a building on him. That's got to make somebody think, you know. There's oh, horseshit. Oh, it's, it's, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't okay, them I, dropping it on there. It was in a big ass battle. Yeah, he should. It wasn't him dropping it on there. What what it was was the fact that he um, created the whole incident by creating Ultron in the first place. That's yeah. the one thing that I don't like realism in my movies. You know, just a little bit. And the only thing that resolved in my head, though, of course, they're politicians, was actually General Ross, who created the fucking abomination and created yeah. killed more people as much as these guys have, and they're bringing. Uh, General Ross and uh, Tony Stark, who are both attack, of those fuckers, you know, are, both of those assholes created all these problems. And that's one thing that I did actually while watching the movie consciously thought about, though, is I, I love the little scene with with Alfre Woodard and all that. I was really shocked to see her in you know that role it was a very important pivotal role in the movie to set up tony's motivations but at the same rate it was a really bit part so it's kind of surprising to see her in that and then you know not come back because she's kind of a you know she's kind of a name she's coming back in luke cage she's a different character oh okay (laughs) oh that's cool um but it did get me to thinking about that whole thing because to my mind that's a bit of retconning 
because one of the things I absolutely love about Age of Ultron, and I, I know we've uh, agreed to to try to keep you know slagging the uh, the other big comic book uh, you know thing that's out there to I've a minimum. To nothing. <laughs> but that's one of the things I really like about Age of Ultron is that after all the flack that certain other comic book movies took about collateral damage and and things like that. Age of Ultron, if you pay attention to dialogue in that movie, makes several times during the movie, makes uh, real obvious references to the fact of, hey, I checked to make sure nobody is getting hurt in this situation. Yeah. You know, when, when yeah. Tony takes the Hulk out of town or tries to... They were beating you over the head with it. Yes, yeah, and I, but, but I, in that particular instance, I actually forgave them. I liked yeah. that because to me, that was a middle finger to their competition, and I really liked that. Yeah. So, to suddenly get to this movie and we find out that, well, Sokovia actually wasn't completely abandoned and, and their people actually did die, um, it, it, it bothered me just a little bit. I mean, not enough to, like, ruin the movie or anything like that. Um, I, I guess technically you'd have to chuck that up to a bit of a nitpick, but a nitpick in the sense of how it kind of... Uh, again, retcons. It kind of backwardly affects Age of Ultron, which I'll be honest, I love that movie. I'm I'm always kind of surprised by the, uh, you know, the reception that that movie got. That a lot of people just didn't think it was all that great. Because I, I actually I hold that one in pretty high regard too. Ditto. I liked it a lot. I just think I don't didn't like it as 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 much by just a little bit than the original Avengers. So that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like, it, it, it's just like one was a 99 and one's a 97. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how do you really feel? <laughs> one of the things I, I really like, um, you know, the, the, the Marvel cinematic movies that really work the best for me personally, the, the ones that I hold in the highest regard are the ones that expands the world you know that kind of blow the world up and one of the things i loved most about this movie is like i said there's a lot of closure there's a lot of culmination there's a lot of um you know plot points and things that have been brought up in prior movies that we get back to finally and we kind of get some resolution to those and one that i really like is the kind of the the story behind the scenes of Howard Stark. As soon as you saw that car flashback in the very beginning of the movie, I knew exactly what that was. Yep. Because I leaned over to my wife sitting next to me in the theater and I said, that's the Starks. And I just knew that that's where they were going. And I really liked that because while I didn't know exactly how that was going to fit into the overall story, I liked it because I agree that not everyone's motivations were solidified. I, the, the only character I felt like did believe 100% in his viewpoint was Cap, which was fitting because it's his movie. So I felt like Cap was 100%. You know, that, that Cap makes a decision and he sticks by it, right or wrong, this is what I believe. And, he wasn't and, right away, though. He had that one moment where he you know, was contemplating, or at least he was negotiating with Tony. He's like, I'm not... A, you know, beyond signing this, but we need to have some shit in place that right. my greatest right. fears well, don't happen. When he get that shit, he wasn't signing it. Right, exactly. No, well, I mean, what yeah. the catalyst was, you found out that, you know, Tony was already basically keeping one of them hostage, and he's just like, oh, hell no, you know. Right. 
But Tony, on the flip side, I didn't feel like Tony was ever a hundred percent that you know that he regretted that the whole thing was kind of on us. You know, let's try to deal with it. Right. I think they had the idea that all right, let's go along now and we'll change it from within. You know, they're taking the classic. Let's see if we can change it from inside the system. Sounded like they were satisfied with the way things were going to go down. But right. They knew that things were going to get real messy if they didn't comply right Well, t- Tony's line of thinking is there's still that giant thing that happened in New York where the sky opened up and the aliens came right. in, and we all need to be together when that shit happens again. Yeah. As far as Tony goes, it seems like since the Avengers movies, they've been taking him down that path where he's afraid of everything that might come from beyond. So I, I kind of feel like this is kind of the next logical progression of where he's been from Iron Man 3 to Ultron to here. I, right. I also think Tony sort of thought that everybody would just go along with him too. At the, you know, I yeah. think he was kind of surprised yeah. that like half the people were like, "Nah, I don't think I want to sign on to that," and I think it gave him a little bit of the sads, you know. Yeah, I mean, did. and it was def- and and when he found out that the that you know he had killed his parents, they could have really made that ridiculous. They could have been ridiculously melodramatic with it or had tony go like insane about it you know or off the deep end or stuff but they did it very well he you know that's where i was going with this is that i i liked that prior to that revelation it things were starting to work out Mm -hmm. i think tony was starting to kind of ease up a little bit in his particular viewpoint he and Cap were kind of coming back together again, and he was realizing, okay, there's a bigger picture here. Right. And then that shoe drops, you know, that that the Winter Soldier had killed his parents. And Vision and, started hanging out with Scarlett McYoko there in the band. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I loved that moment, that revelation, because it, it just, it wrapped up so many things, you know, Iron Man had, had, you know, Iron Man started this whole thing, you know, with the first Iron Man film. And then, you know, one of my personal favorite films of the, the cinematic universe is Iron Man two, which seems to continually get, you know, the, the redheaded stepchild treatment by so many people, you know, they, they keep publishing these damn lists that I see on like Facebook and stuff, you know, the, the cinematic universe ranked and they continually keep putting that one at the bottom. And it annoys me because I, I love that movie. I love it because that's the one that, to my mind, that's really where the universe aspects of this cinematic universe really starts. Because that's the one that kind of blows it up where you start to realize, hey, this is this is bigger than just, you know, this one character of Tony Stark. You know, even taking the Hulk movie into account you start to get more of it and you realize, okay, there's a history and you start the whole thing with Howard Stark and all that. So I like that this brings it all not only full circle, but it also kind of wraps it up. And and that, that was one of the elements to this movie that really worked well. And I like how we've continually gotten elements with Howard Stark peppered throughout, not only the cinematic universe, but also, you know, in the, in the TV shows as well, you know, especially with agent Carter. I really like that, that, that whole thing, just, you know, coming in the full circle and in the whole reveal with winter soldier, that, that was great. I really liked that. So I like, you know, the, the way this story was told and I like where it leaves us you know, where basically the chess pieces are on the table when we're at the end of this movie, because 
the way I see it is that this is where it was all headed anyway, is this big fracture. But then it's going to be Thanos coming that's going to pull everybody back together. And I think that's a that's a great way to to play this whole thing. And I if, think if that's the Marvel really exciting Marvel, you know, Blue Fairy is out there listening anywhere. I I really want to see, I really want to see that goddamn airport scene, except the Avengers versus like the Masters of Evil. Oh yeah. Oh yes. I'm going to be a little disappointed. In <laughs> they it. didn't kill Zemo. No, and the no. abomination is still out Red there. Let's hear it or Red Skull being a living Marvel villain at the end of a movie, so that's always a good thing. Um, kind of rare, other than Loki. Well, um, he's Red very Skull's Loki-like, where is... he's still like, "Or am I really in prison?" You know. Yeah, the end sure. of it. He's Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I got the feeling he was exactly where he wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. One, as he said, he pretty much won. He other than you know, Panther stopping him from capping himself. He, he won. So, what what I what I actually was very thankful for is at the end of that when Tony says to to Steve, he says, "Did you know?" And Cap, he tries to play it off, but he can't. It's a, and they played fair with that because that was one of the things that Arnim Zola explicitly showed yep. Cap. Yeah. And I said, yeah. the "Truth, he really didn't want to, but he had to." That's from a certain point of view. He's uh, Captain America, though. He's, he's Captain America. He has yeah. to tell. Yeah. But there's, he, there's but he, he also a... could have, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of how I was going to say it. He, it would have been very easy for him just to say no, but it's just him, him lying initially and not as soon as he knew at the end of Winter Soldier, he should have told Tony and he didn't. And that came he back to bite him in the lie. ass. He, he, he only lied by omission. He just, he didn't bring it up. Yeah. Did you I said I think that telling the truth would have just tore Tony apart. It does. Once it, it he does. knows, he loses it. And, and, he's been in the same position as the Black Panther. And and Cap was trying desperately to save his friend from that pain. Okay, yeah, that's it's, especially after. Party. But um, read... it's your best friend. Do you really want to see him tore up like that? Well, he, he already had it in his head that Bucky is savable, that I need to go see if I can, you know, what's left of him, oh, yeah. what, what he knows, you know. In fact, I think Cap just wanted all the facts first before he, he went and been like, hey, you know my best friend from the war? He murdered your parents, you know, without being able to say, but I can prove it wasn't really him, you know, which he couldn't at the end of Winter Soldier. He had his suspicions, but I think that doesn't forgive it, I guess, and that's what I don't think we finally see layers to Cap in this movie, that he's maybe not infallibly you know honest or maybe when he is infallibly honest that you know it doesn't always work out for the best so well it makes him human you know yeah yeah i got the feeling that you know right right before the end fight between cap and iron man i got the feeling that tony was more upset that cap knew and didn't tell him than Mm -hmm. the fact that bucky oh he was upset about that too but i think he was angry at cap for not telling him yeah i mean he just kind of snapped there's an argument that it would, you know, mm. Iron Man had pretty much almost come back around, and well, he was still standing strong, like Cap's a criminal now. But I mean, he was obviously on board with stopping this asshole first. But well, for the greater good, he was standing with Cap. I mean, he had accepted that Bucky was not under his own control when he committed most of his acts at that point. I think, but you know, he just kind of went snappo when you find out someone killed your mom. I can understand that. And he's standing right next to you and you have yeah. to witness the murder? Yeah, yeah, I think it's forgivable. Yeah. Bucky didn't help himself when he said he remembered all of them. 
Well, that's yeah. that's the thing. Everybody understood everybody else's emotion, emotions and motivations. You know, they were fighting each other, but you know, I mean, they were all feeling for Tony Stark. You know, at that moment, also. Yeah. Sarah, were you gonna say something? No, I'm just a Bucky. <sighs> From from other movies and whatever, when somebody was possessed or under mind control or whatnot, he's I, I I'm not surprised with Bucky saying he remembered it all. Yeah. But he wasn't in control. And, yeah, he you certainly know, wasn't. Doing what he was told he had yeah. to do, but he, you know, being aware of what you're doing and being happy with what you're doing are two different things. Yeah. And yeah, I, I know that he was aware of it, and I'm, it's obvious that he wasn't happy with it. Yeah, but he, he had control. He wouldn't even let Cap absolve him, you know, when Cap was yeah. like, you're not responsible. He's like, I still did him, you know. Yeah, it's I, I, it's I, still going to be there on my soul, so. Yeah. And I, I should like... have owed a confidence, Steve, but it's still, you know, crushed the life out of Mrs. Stark, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would mess up your mind being a Manchurian candidate a little I, I bit, would I would think. think. I, I think That's, that's the word I was looking for, thank you. Your messed up mind is kind of a prerequisite for that job anyway, uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah. So what did people think of the fact that they started, they introduced Tony with him basically having the cure for Bucky at the start? With the whole magic glasses that deal with your mental problems and possibly... that's right, yeah. I didn't even think of that. I I forgot totally about that. Shit, yeah. Because they put that on the table and never talk about it again for the rest of the film. So I'm wondering if it's set up for it. You win the no prize, man. That was, I, I totally, no, that went right over my head. It was my just family. kind of like, just, that was just the, like, oh, Tony's, you know, does the good, that was the setup for showing the dead kid picture in my head. It, I didn't even occur to me. No. But it, it would be the kind of, I think that would be the next logical step for it. Yeah. Because yeah. you'd have, that would be his way of essentially coming to terms with. Well, and they even did. forgot about it by the end of the movie because yeah. they put him in the freezer and be like, well, well we got to figure out how to fix it. Who exactly knows about it? And it wasn't it wasn't actually completed. It was kind of still in testing yeah. stages. Yeah, I don't think Cap knew about that. Yeah. He, he doesn't... I, I don't think he watches many of the kind of university talk. <laughs> so... Well, I, I... One of the high points for the CGI is like how they did with... Uh, um, Hank Pym and the in the Ant Man movie is taking Robbie Downer, Robert Downey Jr. and making him look younger. Um, I thought they did that pretty well. I recognized him from um, um, Weird Science. He yep. looked like he the, did that was weird. Hank that was Carter. Weird Science era right there. It's yeah. it's come and they did that uh, Jeff Bridges in in the Tron Tron movie. Yeah, uh, I think they arguably did it better with. RDJ though it's they still haven't yeah. got it completely down, but it's admirable when they try it. I, the best one I've seen so far was um, Douglas in Ant Man. Yeah, at yeah, the beginning, yeah. that was so flawless oh, that yeah. a lot of people completely missed it. Yeah, so, that just yeah. Like, like they cut and pasted him from like Wall Street, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was very impressive. Oh, we got Mr. Spataro. If we want to hear from him real quick, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, screw him. Uh, I can't wait till he hears this now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sons of bitches. I'm I told him we pick I'm told... gonna <laughs> I told him we pick him up in ah! four or five if we pick boy. <laughs> 
energy left. And then Paul said, oh, wait, here? Oh, crap. <laughs> Shit. He's connecting. We get the little bleepy line. Paul? Hey, Paul. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi, Paul. Hey. It's going. Going. Look at this crew. I'm going to really be interested in hearing what was said before I got here. Oh, it was all <laughs> loving. Hey, we were just talking about you. All good things. All good things. I don't know if you want me to listen then. <laughs> the actual discussion was we just couldn't wait for you to listen. <laughs> the discussion was Civil War, anywhere close to Jaws or not. You know, you know, I was thinking, I was just thinking that when I got in here, if you guys asked me to say something, my question, my, my introduction was going to be, was it yours? <laughs> you know, it, it was there a shark? It probably wasn't, but it was good enough to make me think about it. Ooh. Well, that, there was no Bruce in it, which I remember not seeing. So well, why don't you give us your little uh, five minute tale of you in the Indianapolis then, Mr. Spataro, real quick. <laughs> Yeah, a bunch of us went into the water not all of us got it out uh, surprisingly enough I went to see it last Monday night and we went to the 5 o'clock show so right as people are getting out of work and the theater was not packed it really surprised me I thought it would be wow but I, I, I was pretty much enthralled from the opening to the ending of it uh, there were a couple of pacing issues that I mentioned uh, I'm going to get a little repetitive, I guess, with some of the stuff we talked about, Hero, uh, Bill, and I on the other show. But there were a couple of little pacing issues, and there were a couple of things that seemed sandwiched in a little bit. But that's, to me, really nitpicking because I just thought it was terrific, and it pretty much had me going the whole time. And a week later, I'm thinking about it, and I'm enjoying it more. You know, you sometimes you have a chance to think about it after you've seen it. Yeah. yeah. You start thinking, wow, you know, I was kind of enthralled by that, but now that I think about it, it was a little weak, or vice versa. And I think this is the latter. I'm thinking, wow, they really, really did a great job of packaging, you know, packing all that into that space, even though, you know, it was a long movie, but it didn't feel long. And everybody seemed to have their moments, and everything about it was terrific. And it comes in. Among the top of the, you know, among the top, not necessarily the top, but among the top of the 13 movies they've put out to this point, uh, all of which have been very good and very enjoyable. And that's my take. Excellent. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where we were at when you rudely interrupted I'm sorry us. Sorry that I interrupted. So. <laughs> I think we're all all oh. over the board. Like just to get for me having, having me moderate these things. But basically we've been just to catch up on what we've been doing, it's been like holy fucking shit, holy fucking shit, holy fucking shit. Yeah, we should um, get Paul's Black Panther, Spider Man and, and Wow and Giant Man and Wow and yeah, so um I thought I at the beginning there was a little bit of shaky cam. I mean, you mean during the uh, crossbones scenes? Yeah. The, yeah, the, the chase through the parking garage had a little bit of that sort of like movie camera mo mo super fast moving camera where it got a little of the weird digital blur to it yeah. but I was thinking that might also have been the digital projection where we saw it because did you notice and I, I'm sorry to sideline here but the, the theater that Scott 2.0 and I always go to is just got the lazy boy chairs love them love them yes yeah. so we get there and they'd shove this movie into like 
the the cheapest theater. Yeah, it, was it wasn't as loud as it usually. This theater yeah. is usually loud. We 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 were sitting in seats, and after a couple minutes, I realized, oh wait, we're in regular seats. Yeah, because the only ones we could get like in the middle of the screen, all the lazy boys were like off to the sides. I didn't even notice that until like yeah. the movie started, and I start hearing. I wanted to move. Those things were. I'm going to the wrong theater. The thing I love about the Lazy Boy seating, I mean, it's nothing to do with this particular movie, but what I love about it is you just pick your seat beforehand, you buy your ticket, and then you show up when you show up. It's like a concert or something, you know, where you have your reserved seat. You don't have to worry about, oh, this movie's just opening, let me get there two hours before it starts, otherwise I won't get in. And I like that. Or I'm going to be standing up by the side, up at the top of the, yeah... Well, we did, like, what, a Saturday? We did the Saturday afternoon. We did after garage shelling, but it's probably good we didn't get put in Lazy Boys because we just had a big meal, too, so it could have been... I don't think it... Actually, I don't think there would have been much snooze time at this movie. I I think we'd have to take away your geek card if you put it as well. I did want to test the theory. My daughter snoozed. I was in the Lazy Boys for another superhero movie I watched recently, and I actually did nod off, so I wanted to test the theory. See if I'd nod off in the same Lazy Boy for this one, but I didn't get to yet, so I cannot present my results of that what? particular yeah. research right now. Like the, the third, the third. Oh, I really wish I could. At two thirty a.m. show in the Lazy Boy could could possibly yeah. I could oh, possibly. Act. I was on thirty six hours awake and didn't snooze. Yeah. So I've only fallen asleep a couple of movies. <laughs> well, the funny thing is we. We got out of the movie and the car had been running the whole time. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Oh Jesus. Oh really? Wow. What? It had yeah. just gotten all tuned up. It was very that, that's loud. That's my insomnia um, accomplishment of my life right there. Yeah, that was a good one. Left the car running for two hours. Well, because actually what? just had some muff. Well, I just had some muffler work done, so I'm not yet used to it being a quiet car. Like- it's <laughs> idling again. <laughs> so it's and like- well, we'd also been. It also. When we go garage sale and it screws up the old Garmin to turn off the car, so we'll just leave it running when we go to the garage yeah, sale. So you used to it. So the movie was like another garage sale. Yeah. There are steps to these things, McGregor. Turn yes. and put it park yeah. and turn it off. Yeah, I usually get the park thing. Um, that's always. I'll good. remind him next time. You need yeah, another lesson, apparently. <clears throat> yeah, Mister, I've come out to my battery drained because someone got the uh, seatbelt stuck in the door again. Oh. <laughs> No. <laughs> he does that in my car too, so it's not just you. I do that in every car. I'll get all you bastards. You're a seatbelt. Guys, uh, I'm going to interrupt for just a second. I'm having missed the first hour and a half of this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, there's nine of us in the room. Is there anybody who didn't think it was great? Crickets. Crickets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, see, I, 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 I like that cricket conversations. Kind of... I should uh, drag Mike out to task for this because. I, I had some early conversations with Mike Zimo, and you said you weren't completely enthused by it, but I mean, it's cool if you come around to the light. Well, I've come around also. You know, this is kind of the same problem I have with Age of Ultron. My yeah. daughter was with me. So I, got, I kept getting sent out for popcorn runs. I had to get up three times, so she had to go to, for her to go to the bathroom. It kind of makes the view, it kind of takes away from the experience a little bit. Yeah, but you got seven new minutes. It's next time you see it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I have never run through a movie theater as fast as I did on those two popcorn runs. Uh, that, you see, my if I, that's why I don't have kids because those little bastards would starve. I'd be, 
<laughs> eat your yeah. brother's arm, man. We're, yeah. we're, I'm not walking out of here. That's why. That's normally why I, I normally I leave it with my mother, but uh, a she had a, a bottle thing called work. I haven't gotten to the point of like wearing depends yet, but that, I could see it in the future. Well, Chris, uh, do you, well the other Chris, do you get the, uh, the truck the driver's Chris? buddy to to help you for those long rides? You mean the gallon jug? Okay. <laughs> no, don't they have the one that you can kind of strap to your leg or something? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the truck drivers—they just take a funnel and a rubber hose and running out the boot of the gear shifter. That's what they do. Disclaimer: mm. We don't really think that uh, truck driver drivers do a lot of cocaine. Okay, so before the next movie, I'm going to hook all you boys up with Texas catheters. Right? There you go. I think that's that's almost... The older you get, the more necessary that becomes. Well, the Texas yeah, catheters would be a great name for a band. Can I please have... That well, but can you I, can also Texas. Can I please have a Rhode Island catheter, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, they come in small sizes. You'll be okay. What's the Did anybody... <laughs> I was going like to come back. Too to young for a catheter, unlike most of these people. Right. You're never too young for a catheter. Oh. <laughs> it depends on how lazy you want to be. There you go. Or how long your <laughs> Looking at this group, I think we could be pretty lazy. I don't know. I could be lazy <laughs> quite a bit. Welcome, Paul. Um, actually, I'll give you a couple, just a couple little nitpicks I had. Actually, Paul. Scott, before you go on. Yeah. I, I think also kind of one of the reasons I felt that way after the movie was, you know, one thing, obviously, the first time we saw the new Spider-Man, and, you know, I'm kind of watching, I'm thinking, he's fighting Captain America. Is that really how I want to be introduced to him? Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> what we know, talked you know? about. Like, um, I think I'm kind of over superheroes fighting each other at this point. I agree. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it still worked out very nicely. Oh, it, it did. But, yeah, wife, I could have. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. What? We're over superheroes fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. I'm never reading comics again. This is Marvel Comics we're talking about. Yeah, it was really... built on that. Yeah. Well, I know, but I'm over for this year at least. Nah, I, one, there are sort of... so many more tussles I want to see on if the big screen. This, this has just wet my appetite for oh, that. I'm never going to kick him out of bed for eating super crackers, but, you know. <laughs> uh, the, the thing with the two know, of them I, fighting, I, I though, just... it was it was never vicious or anything, you know? it was If if they were cruel about it, it would have been yeah, one I thing. See fucking Grim Reaper going after, you know, Cap with his... Giant sigh and it was, you know, Zemo with the first blood. It was <laughs> like the danger. It was like the danger room with added drama to it. That's basically they they were they were out to kill each other, but it but it was just really good to see everybody sort of testing out their powers against everybody mm -hmm. else. Well, well, the focal point of the fight was really when the Black Widow and Hawkeye were fighting each other and. And um, they stopped to say, you know, are we still friends? Well, it depends yeah. on how hard you hit me. How's yeah? How's yeah. The, how's the wife and kids? Fine. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's 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 total. It's 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 almost morning, Ralph. Morning, Sam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that sound clip's going in there. Yeah. Morning, Sam. Oh, oh, morning, Ralph. Uh, have a good day. I don't necessarily agree with Mike because I do want to see more Spider-Man. I, I agree with Scott. There's a lot of stuff we haven't seen. But I do understand his perspective that, you know, we've seen 
five Spider-Man movies already and you want to see new stuff. I, I can I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand it. And I, I can't necessarily say you're wrong. I, I was really into the symbolic like Spider-Man's back and it's Sp- yeah. and it felt like Spider-Man. Yeah. And it was just sort of like they didn't rub it in that they had Spider-Man back, but they put him through enough paces to just show fucking spider-man's back yeah <laughs> and and, and finally kind of written the way spider-man should be during a fight it feels yeah, that, that was spider-man people okay. have been that is what plants have craved is people have wanted to see i i know i've wanted to see spider-man in the marvel cinematic context because i knew that they'd get the they they'd strike the tone correctly you yeah. know and they do it, and they do it naturally. You know, there would be there's there's the, always been forced aspects of the Spider-Man character, and all the even even the Raimi ones. That, yeah, you know, there was always little forced aspects of it that never quite worked. They never had the right balance of gritty, realistic with what we want Spider-Man to be. The MCU is already fun. set up for friggin' Spider-Man. Yeah, and, and the tone of it has already been from day one set for a Spider-Man type character to be in it. Yeah, if you're wearing bright red and blue, you should really never be too too uh, <laughs> right. dour or emo. Take that however you want. <laughs> I'm curious if there's anybody that was kind of like meh with the whole Spider-Man thing. I was totally okay. Not. I will rant about that. Because, like, before you saw the movie or during the No, what I I mean was, like, I I have no problems with him being in it. I enjoyed him in it. I think the new kid is is really good and all that. But at the end of the day, I could have taken it or leaving it uh, or left it. You know, it it did feel a little. What is the word I want? Not not shoehorned. Well, not really shoehorned. It was just Black Panther did. I thought it it felt a little. I think they had the script written. Crammed in. I think they had the script written before they had the rights to put him in, or at least had it in it, some form. Yeah, they've alluded to that. They they like, that's how they're like, you had it brought in and then summarily dismissed. That's, but I thought, I thought when he was on screen, he was great. I just yeah, think that's the thing. The plot that contrivance it, of getting him in was a little far. That, that's the thing is, you know, when, when he's there, I, I think he's great. I think he works. I, I really enjoyed seeing him. You know, I was just as jazzed as everybody else when he showed up. By the way, you know, we were, some of us were talking about um, our experiences, uh, you know, seeing the movie, I, I just want to say this was one of the most exciting crowds or, and excited crowds I've been in in a long time. And, you know, Chris and I have a, have a long history of going to, uh, you know, movie premieres, you know, Act. you know, like well, meaning, you know, the yeah. night that a movie would come out. Yeah. And I can't remember one this jazz since, uh, Oh, I would say going back to something like, say, like Star Trek Six or something like gotcha. that. You know that that was really really pumped, and I love seeing movies that way. I, I like seeing movies opening night, even if sometimes you might miss a line of dialogue or something because you're getting that that live, real emotional reaction that, out of people where they are excited, where they laugh at the right beats, or they stand to their feet and they clap, or a bunch of nerds jump up and go, holy shit, woohoo! Yeah, you know, yeah. And we, we got that through our whole oh, thing. Yeah. You know, the only negative yeah, part I, of I our... Uh, empty theater. What, oh, man. See, ours was exactly I, I went, the opposite. It was, it was just the three of us that went. 
and we actually had to sit separated from each other. My wife and I sat in one spot, and our youngest boy had to sit in another spot because we could not find three seats right in a row together. It was that packed. I went to a 12.30 on Sunday morning, so I guess everybody was feeling better in church. Oh, church, yeah. about that? Opening night. It was a lot like... um, when I went to see Avengers opening night, I think that was with you, Dad. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that was actually with the whole family. Yeah, very ecstatic crowd. Everyone yeah. was excited to see that, no matter who they were. Yeah. I missed a lot of lines of dialogue the first viewing of Avengers because of the energy in the crowd. I, I'm willing oh, yeah, to pull it because I know that I'll end up seeing it, you know, umpteen more times when it comes out on Blu-ray or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's like, eventually I'll memorize this dialogue right, so I don't right, mind yeah. missing a line or right. whatever. I'd, I'd if, rather get the experience. If you're missing a bit, I mean, that's the reason I think that movies still exist nowadays. Because anybody can invest the money and buy themselves a nice projector, a giant screen TV and sort of simulate the experience set up nice speakers and stuff but it's that communal uh and and it's like a community and you could sit at your house with a bunch of your friends but when you're in the movies it's this general you know you have strangers all around you and then all of a sudden you're you're sharing all these moments when the when a movie clicks right like right and the shared experience And there is no replacement for your feet sticking to the floor and popcorn. Right. Right. Wait, that doesn't happen at your house? No, it doesn't happen at my house. When when we went and saw this, it was um, uh, it was uh in the afternoon. It was a bunch of families. A couple of different families came in with a ton of little kids, and my daughter, who's sitting next to me, is fifteen, and is sitting there going, rah, rah, rah. "All these little kids are going to ruin the movie." Rah, rah, rah. I didn't hear a peep out of all those little kids. I kept looking at my daughter who couldn't keep her mouth shut. <laughs> you need to quiet down a little bit. <laughs> because we, both her and I, we both got really excited uh, for the fight scene for the underground chase. When uh, uh, the Winter Soldier is running and Black Panther's coming in after him and Cap's coming in after. And the moment where uh, the Winter Soldier grabbed the guy, swung the the motorcycle around, jumped on, and took off all in one sweet motion. I was loud. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. So, yeah, this movie was great for a couple of those moments. Our, our matinee was, it, it looked mostly nerdy in the in the seats above us. In the seats below us, it was, what would you say, like an outpatient special needs yeah. trip? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> literally with a couple, you know, a couple people wrangling, and um, um, there was one extremely kind of bossy, helpful lady with them. <laughs> Remember that at the end of yeah. as the credits roll, she she had to go. Attention, everybody! There are two yeah. scenes at the end of this movie. Yeah. Thank you, nerd lady. Yeah. And she, she said it as soon as like the first like two people stood up and started walking out. She's just like, attention, yeah. you straggling people walking out. Yeah. You Don't fools. you understand? Marvel is still um, speaking to you. There's um, two. Sit down. Um, um, I, I made that announcement before the movie started. I think this is the only Thanks, Marvel right. movie I've been to so far where people haven't stood up to man, walk out you know your immediately. Heart is good. <laughs> I I I I've, I'm the guy who's done that, and this and there's still people who could get up after eight years of freaking Marvel movies. They still get up and walk <laughs> out. 
is is beyond me because these ones are great. Um, we talked earlier about the spider signal. And knowing how Tony's um, uh, technology works in the movie, and when that popped up, you could see the little symbols on the outside of the spider symbol. So I'm wondering what those do because, you know, that's all touch-based technology and stuff and and what is in that. And I had to explain to my wife what the spider signal was. Crazy, but she but she's back on board. She came into this movie after being burnt by BSV. Or BVS, whatever that crap. BVDs. Um, yeah. Uh, BS. Just call it BS. Yeah. She didn't. She was nervous about this movie, about having superheroes fight each other. Back to what Mike said about kind of being tired of seeing superheroes beat on each other. Yeah, not me. I'm a comic book guy. You know, they beat on each other, then they get along and they go beat the real guy. I'm fine with that. But um, we all I'm came out. I think it of starts this. a trend that eventually leads to destroy the movie. That's what I'm hoping. Oh my god! <laughs> it's no. That's a funny joke, but in this day and age, you, you just never, never know. That could actually happen. Oh please! I'm telling you, they listen to our podcast. Yeah. Destroy the movie will. It will destroy the box office. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So we've been uh, chatting here in the, the text thing. Um, decided we should each. Why don't we each give up to like three of our favorite moments from the movie? Just rather quickly. Should we start? Right, everybody's like, being quiet. Yeah, starting at the yeah. leader, dude. So nobody liked any of it. All right. We'll start with the we'll do the Everybody uh, go. <laughs> yeah, one. I'll start with uh, Hero Metal Hero. Go for it. Uh, let's see. Um, all right, I'll say it. Scadro's ass, Agent Thirteen's ass, <laughs> and uh, Cap's ass. Why not? Yeah, Thank you. Right. <laughs> was that three favorite things or three favorite asses? Uh, well, there's only two. Whatever, whatever you want no, uh, uh, <laughs> Giant Man going giant. Spider-Man, all things Spider-Man, and more Spider-Man, and Hannibal Lecter Zemo. All right. All right. Dave Walker, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, everyone can see the screen just like you. No. <laughs> uh, Dave Walker, what are your, few of your favorite things? <laughs> Dave? Did he fall asleep? Dude's He's dead asleep. <laughs> he probably is, yes. Oh, no, it's another Will Sanchez. Going Belfast. Are we reaching Belfast? Dave's not here, man. Well, at least I get to use that. <laughs> Dave's not again. here, man. <laughs> Scott, 1.75. That would be you, Scotty. Ah, okay. Um, wow. Um, yeah, it's hard to pick from the Spider-Man moments. Uh, probably just when he leaps through the window in the airport and grabs uh, Winter Soldier's hand, blocks the punch, and then comments on it, delivers perfect Spider-Man dialogue through that entire fight. Uh, wow. Um, the hand-to-hand -hand combat at the very end when both Winter Soldier and Captain America are teaming up on Iron Man as he's um, kneeling on the ground, uh, trying to stop them. And then in the same scene right there at the end when Iron Man ex has actually counters Cap by having the computer analyze Cap's fighting style and says, all right, 
let's kick his ass, and then lays Cap out on the ground. Was perfect. So that's my three favorites. Awesome. Dave Walker, are we getting you yet, man? No? <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. He lives! He lives! It's some tech problems. Uh, Iron Man got in the works there. Our Ant-Man got gummed up in the works there. Uh, so why don't you give us uh, three of your favorite things from the film? You can't hear me okay? Yep, oh, we're oh, oh, cool. uh, So yes, favorite things. Uh, raindrops on roses. Whiskers. <laughs> oh, wait, no, sorry. That's something else. Um, no. Again, everything Spider-Man. The entire chase from uh, Cap finding Bucky all the way to getting caught by everyone. Uh, that was just brilliant. Especially as you were saying earlier, the bit with Bucky taking the motorcycle. That was pretty damn cool. Um, and I'm trying to narrow down the last one. Um just, I'm just going to have to go with the final fight with Cap and Iron Man. That was pretty cool. And, oh, spider signal. Just, again. Absolutely. <laughs> just, 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 I, I know that was technically four, but that that's classed as Spider-Man, right? Sure, yes. Everything Spider-Man. Yeah. Sarah, it's off to you. Uh, Steve Rogers, Tony Stark. <laughs> Scott Lang. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's, how do you narrow it down? <laughs> I think you're just dead. That should take up plenty of your time. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Spataro. Okay. Uh, very difficult to narrow it down to three because it was just such an awesome movie. But uh, the three that keep coming to mind most frequently when I think about it are one... Scott Lang becoming Giant Man. Just such an awesome scene. And despite everything, the special effects held up, I thought. He moved a little slow, a little clunky, but I think that was more just the giant size uncoordination. Or that That's what I, yeah. uh, what I chalked it up to. Uh, two, the scene in the Volkswagen. <laughs> and three, Black Panther just being a badass on the screen. Absolutely. Very nice. Yep. Chris Warden? Oh, several of them been said already, um, but moments like just crystallized moments is uh, what Paul just said in the Volkswagen scene. That's the one that makes me want to see a Falcon uh, Bucky movie. Um, those guys together. Um, the part of the the fight when Cap gets up, he says, "I can do this all day." Yeah, right there. That was a moment. And and the other moment is when Tony says, well, that's my dad's shield. Cap just drops it, chooses his friend. And I thought that was a great moment there, too. Good ones. Good ones, Chris. Scott Gardner, the first. Uh, my three are definitely uh, number one is Giant Man. Even knowing that was coming. It was still awesome. It was still spectacular. That was one of those moments I was really, really waiting for, and uh, it did not disappoint. It was so much fun, and it was just, uh, it was just awesome. I, I was on my feet, uh, cheering and clapping and wailing, and it was, uh, yeah, that was cool. That was really awesome. 
Uh, number two moment, uh, John Slattery back as Howard Stark. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a mark for that guy. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. And again, I, I liked the closure of his particular arc uh, with all this. And lastly, um, I guess it's best summed up the way you guys summed it up, the Volkswagen scene. But I would say um, just the whole angle with... Um, with Sharon Carter. I really like that. I, 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 I'm forced to disagree with, uh, was it you, Scott, that said, uh, you, you thought that scene just didn't quite play right or something. I just that, felt like there wasn't enough of it to justify it. I guess that we should have seen more if nothing else. That, you know. I would have liked to have seen more of her, but I, I don't know. I felt like there was enough seeds of, of a romance laid between them in, um, in Winter Soldier yeah. that I felt like this was kind of a, a natural progression of, of kind of the tease of that whole thing. Oh, and it made so, a great bro moment, you know. Yeah. The, you know, the boys yeah. in the cars. <laughs> yeah, the, the culmination of that scene in the in the VW, that was, I mean, in, in the showing I saw it in, that just slayed everybody. That that was one of the biggest uh, applause moments in the in the whole movie right there because everybody loved that moment and uh, and I did too. I thought that was really cool. So yeah, those are my moments. Mike, all right. Let's, let's see if I can come up with one that hasn't already been said. Well, overlap is cool. Yeah, I know. Oh, definitely, uh, definitely Spider Man. I'm gonna go with Giant Man, and for my third, I really like the moment. At the end of the airport scene, when Black Widow helped uh, Cap and Bucky and the rest of his people escape, you know, I thought that was a great moment for her, She's doing the right thing because, you know, she recognized that Cap had a bigger mission and that he needed to get away. I I like that. Chris, is that everybody? Nope, Honeywell. Oh, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything Spider Man. Um, oh, 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 you boys are <laughs> and Tony Stank. <laughs> hey, Tony Stank. I was that's what I was waiting for. I said yeah, nobody said it. it. <laughs> I'm gonna try to do something different. I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna say Spider Man because everyone else has, but Black Panther, I gotta go with, even though someone else said it. I just thought one of the best page-to-screen depictions of a costume I think we've seen yet. I mean, it's right up there with everything else they've done. With, You know, it's tied for first with the new Spidey costume. Um, and just the way that actor, man, I want to see that fucking movie tomorrow, you know, the Black Panther movie. That actor just totally sold the balance of, you know, the inner fire and just the regalness of the who's now the king of Wakanda and just makes you want to learn more about that universe totally and he did the, I think it was a better introduction better used as Scott Gardner the first I think said that I kind of agree with the Spidey was was necessary and great that we got him back and was the best way possible to bring him back in the MCU but the movie could have survived without him but Black Panther was that he had the right place in that movie and it was just awesome. I felt like Black Panther was organic in a way that Spider-Man just yeah quite wasn't you know what I, I, think if, what I mean if Spider-Man wasn't there I think we all would have loved the movie just the same right but, uh, Spidey was essentially Quicksilver and, and X-Men Days of Future Past mm. they brought him in for his scene his big scene and then mm. he just went home and you know <laughs> well Quicksilver didn't quite go home 
But the difference well, with Spider-Man yeah. appearance is that it left you wanting more and looking right. forward to the movie next year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It also well, left me satisfied because I was an hour into the movie and the only really reports that I'd heard were, yeah, Spider-Man is not, you know, just a walk-on. They're like, hey, it's me, you know? So I was like, ooh, excited about that. And the movie's an hour in. I'm like, oh, maybe that was just hyperbole or something. But they did the perfect, just a little bit of him want more but i was totally satisfied with the amount of spider-man yeah with the dose yeah, I, was, I was a little surprised they didn't have him be the one who changed sides since he did so in the comic yeah yeah but i think they i think that would have required having that would have required an older spider-man yeah or, yeah i, th- I think and you're possibly, right and, and they just this was the tease man they're gonna make see, us yeah. go see we that don't know what tony told him either Mar- marvel goes for stuff that they marvel usually <laughs> stuff that they've earned <laughs> yeah. they, they get to no. the, they, they, they get you to the point of where that character where it would make sense for a character to do something for the most part when they do it and there's that's my second favorite thing i think is is actually the quieter moments is actually the drama and the steve tony relationship and the the natasha tony and everyone else relationship and just all these characters and the way it works so well is they've had time to to fucking nurture these you know which other movies that may or may not be mentioned just haven't had time to do, and it's noticeable. It's so freaking noticeable that these actors have lived in these roles and, and they know these people they're working with, and it comes through on the screen, you know, and it makes sense that it would. So just, yeah, the drama moments, the quieter moments of just dialogue, and the funny dialogue, too, I think was just, you know, just hey, amazing in this. Yeah, I mean, just just amazing. I mean, this this movie could could take you on the literal roller coaster ride to heavy themes, heavy subjects, people dying, to just fun, 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 and back into the heavy stuff when they need to. And they just have such a great rhythm. And this movie is just improving on the formula that they've they've done so well. Um, third thing, the fucking Russo brothers love their car chases and shit, and I just let them do as many as. The Infinity War should be Mad Max Fury Road with <laughs> Thanos in the big ass truck. As a Martin Joe. Own. Yeah, and and you know, just let them do more car crashes and stuff. It's just they they had some amazing ones, and I I hope it's just not like that. It's because superheroes too. I've watched a significant amount of movies in my life, and I think there's some of the best car chases that I've ever seen on film is with this and Winter Soldier, and it's just like. I've, I've it's had a pretty this, big claim, but man, they 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 don't skimp. <laughs> I I've had a suspicion for a long ever since they announced that they were going to do, the the Black Panther movie, that that was going to be a really good one. Yeah, it's sort of like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not one you'd really expect. You know, it's it seems like it's it's kind of off the beaten path of just what the general audiences are like who's this guy now they sort of know who he is yeah but still he's not like you well, know I one think of the superheroes in the public little... psyche but so the, i think that they have like some really good ideas for it so i'm really looking forward to that one and i love the the just the few uh, it, it was only at the end right that you really got the shot of his his you know, mountaintop kind of, retreat. Yeah, when he's basically like. You know, I love mountain. I love isolated mountaintop retreats with statues covered with vines. So I'm. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really pumped. I'm really actually pumped for everything. And then they said, 
there's a Black Widow movie coming out. I saw oh. rumors to that effect that they were, you know, they kind of gave the non-committal answer of we're just definitely, you know, in the works or on our radar or whatever the hell they say. See, I want, I want a Black Widow movie that's like, that's basically like with her as James Bond. Yeah, sure. I would, I would be, I and you know, it wouldn't, and and. And that would be so, the time because she's got to be pretty much freelance. Well, sort of like they did with the Wolverine, except yeah. have them avoid the end of the Wolverine where it becomes yeah, yeah. a super, you know, like a superhero fight. You know, yeah. keep it. I, I, I mean, keep it just sort of like a regular move, regular movie. <laughs> I don't know. James Bond isn't really right, you know, but just a spy thriller, a straight up spy thriller would be awesome. With her character. Just one more runner-up to my favorite things. Fucking Giant Man, because he's ripping a wing off of a giant jet. And <laughs> and ruins everything about Giant Man. Absolutely. None of you have brought up the fact that War Machine is broken now, though. It is now, very the next movie. That. And, and I'm actually I'm very glad they didn't kill Cap at the end of this. Spoilers for the yeah. comic, but that's kind of what happened in that. I mean, I don't even I didn't kill anybody, and I think that's right. an important distinction about this movie. They didn't kill anybody, and I was because, very happy with yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's because we had heroes fighting heroes, and heroes wouldn't want to kill each other. Yeah, but you know, it's like it, that's the thing that movies fall for is like somebody's got to die, and it will it, it gives a you know emotional heft yeah. to it, or and especially this you know, and I think they set it up in the trailers that Rhodey was going to die you know and that might they've be actually fun. all the press they've been doing have been kind of teasing it too and, it's and that like, was what was going to drive Cap or uh, Tony Stark over the edge yeah but yeah they did some nice misdirection in the marketing of this mm-hmm. I, I think it was pretty brilliant they always make them look <laughs> a lot darker and foreboding you know I mean the, the Age of Ultron um trailers made it look like the you know the just the end of everything you know it was creepy and and sort of you know heavy heavy themed and 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 i've gotten to the point now that i see that and i go okay but i know i'm gonna have fun yeah yeah (laughs) this this one had more heaviness than probably any other marvel movie yeah but they 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 let they they let it go to the point of where it's like all right, I hope this keeps moving along, and then it really starts moving along. So it's brilliant. Brilliant. I like might be it... wrong. Oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead, ahead, Scott, please. Oh, okay. Um, I might be wrong, but in the uh, trailer, I think they actually showed the uh, the shot from Vision going through uh, War Machine, but in the actual movie, it disgraced his power cell. So they actually uh, misdirected everyone in the trailer to think that Rhodey was going to die from a direct shot to the, his chest might actually kill him by hitting his heart but right. um, in the movie itself he just fell a really long way that that shot in the trailer where um, where Bucky takes a shot at, at, at Stark's eye and, and he's you know he only yeah. befo- and, and where he realizes this guy was just gonna shoot me in the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that made that I saw that and I'm like, woo! There's kind of no turning back from that, right? Somebody's yeah. just about you know you you're pretty sure that person is is trying to kill you when they do fire a bullet into your eye. Yeah. So, 
So now, but, but uh, the movie it, it it did not work out that way, and that I think that was it, it was they they didn't take the easy way out with the writing in any part of it really. I, I, What's I, everybody's perception on on the visions shot on War Machine? Did he hit War Machine on purpose for what he did to the Scarlet Witch, or did, was he aiming for Falcon and missed? Ooh. I thought he was aiming at Falcon. And, oh I, I think he. I, think he I accepted his missed, explanation that he aimed for Falcon and missed. But miss he was distracted. definitely distracted by the. Witch. It's it would be very easy to be distracted <laughs> by her. I I just want to give a quick props <laughs> to the writers for having my favorite superhero of all time, who is a 15 year old boy, say, "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So that's what he would say. Yep. He was just me and that girl were talking yeah, about this last week, but he, he's like the the perfect. The voice on him is like the it's perfect. It's a kid's voice. It's, it's a real kid's voice. I actually love this Spider Man, what is it? Spider Man Unlimited, I think, um, TV show where he kind of works for S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, it's basically what this Spider Man is going to be that he kind of works for S.H.I.E.L.D. or Tony Stark helps him out and he's fighting with Power Man and, and Iron Fist. Ultimate Spider-Man? The yeah. Ultimate, then. Okay, that is a fun right. show. Yeah, and it's just got that tone of voice and that wit to it. Um, you want some fries with that? And, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Hold kind up, of, sir. yeah, and uh, just, I mean, the, the the CGI on it looked reminded me a lot of the Raimi Spider-Man, but not in a bad way in any way, shape, or form, but... CGI yeah. like... and motion capture has come a long way, and yeah. I, I didn't even... In the in the commercial, I was like, "Oh, that's a little CGI," but uh, the costume. And then in the movie theater, I was so sucked into it, I didn't even think about it being CGI for a second. I will. Yeah, I, I would agree with viewings. that. I'll be I I'll be eyeballing it on further viewings. But it, at the moment in Ground Zero, I was like, going like, "That is how Spider-Man would swing around the underbelly of a plane." Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's talking all the while he's doing it, yeah. you know. <laughs> I've actually thought... heard detractors of the Marvel movies make a jab at how much CGI they use, but how do you make this kind of movie magic work without that? Yeah, well, yeah, without killing numerous stuntmen. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're expendable. We need another Timmy. They don't kill enough stuntmen these days in movies. Oh. <laughs> Not like in the old movies. Well, I mean, the, the CGI is easy to do for, you know, anything that's metal. You know, putting Spidey, yeah. I mean, to a degree, he has to be CGI. I got no problem with that. What are you going to do? You, I mean, the thing, the, 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 the whole thing is, if you got the tools to do it, it's how you handle it. You know, it's how you make it look. And now they've, I mean, they've gotten to the point of where the people who work on these movies are animating real-life humans in superhero costumes. They've got, they could, instead of focusing on, like, how do we make this guy look realistic, they can go, like, how do we make him swing like Spider-Man would and still look realistic, and still look like Spider-Man, and uh, they, they, this, they well, this fight, this fight scene was a lot better than the one that was in um, the second Amazing Spider-Man mo- movie with uh, Electro. That looked like I was just watching a video game, right? A cutscene yeah. from a video yeah. game, and and there that the, this movie was especially good at at not making it look like cutscenes of a video game, yeah. and. I mean, the, the 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 big thing is, and what's so revolutionary about it is they've, I mean, what what number movie is this now? Is this 13. like, like 13th, 13th, 13th movie? Right. They've, they've taken 13 movies 
to make you when one of these characters shows up on the screen, you instantly know, they they are an old friend now. You know yeah. they're they're you you know them. You know how they you know how they feel about each other. You you know how they work together and they have that chemistry. And, and this movie was bright. It's like, yeah, fuck you, motherfuckers. It is all bright. Colorful, yeah. It's, everything it's was happened, bright, colorful. You can see everything going on. Giant superhero battle in the daylight. And who, who would have thought I don't that think was it rained at all during the movie either. The only time it so did was going into the raft. The raft, yeah. Which is uh, also yeah, very right, cool right. to see. But that was, the, that was the place for it in this film. That was like rainy. You know, we're going to the, the prison that our friends are going to be held right. in. Dour, grimdark. This is where it needs to be. You know, but not when you're tearing ass around an airport fighting other superheroes. You want some color. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised they right. have the abomination there in the raft somewhere. Yeah. How should they hold him? No, he's he's in the uh what is he in the vault or the fridge if if you go by Agents of Shield, uh, they actually reference so the abomination is held. Yep. I was hoping to see uh <laughs> the guardsman uh, armor on yeah. the guards. Would have been neat. That, that might be a little plot hole for me. It's like when did when did we build the raft exactly? <laughs> I mean, that sucker either went real up real quick when the accords got written, or that, you know, I mean, they could have been building it since Iron Man. Yeah, that's one of those secret technology. All these superheroes. I'm fine with things just existing and then them working it in. I, oh, yeah. I like being just sort of uh, okay. This is here now, you know, instead and, of having. And I needed to pick. I don't know. It's 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 just that balance of giving enough information and keeping it moving forward. Well, the only reason I, I picked that and it, and it, I think it's I think it's great that Marvel Cinematic Universe does it, but I think it could also <coughs> bite them in the ass a little bit is that they are so strictly real time in their movies now. I mean, this is literally 2016 in the movie universe and our universe. And Iron Man first came out, you know, eight years ago. I think and we can blame Agents of Shield for this. Well, I no, I mean, if anything, the poor Agents of Shield is the one left doing the dance around the the timeline of the movies. Still, uh, try to. F- well, yeah, but every time one of the movies comes out, it reflects in the show, so you can see an obvious passage of time. Yeah, I don't want them to be trying to hold this into like having all this shit take place in two years. It, it, they're all all these guys are getting older. You can't fight it. Oh, Just no, roll with it. I'll, I'll agree with that, with one exception. I think the one movie that was hurt by that is is the one that uh, Hero mentioned earlier. I think Thor two suffered horribly by the fact that they went with the real passage of time being the distance between Thor and Thor 2 I I think it really hurt that movie they made every effort in the writing and in the dialogue of the movie to kind of explain why there was so much time passed and everything but I think that's the clunkiest element of that movie that doesn't really work is and, and you know when uh when Jane calls him on it and essentially says, but you, you came back. I saw you on TV. We're in New York and all that. I think it just, rather than smooth it over, it emphasizes a point that already doesn't work. And, uh, I I can't help but wonder if that's one of the big motivating factors behind them, uh, dropping her, uh, at least according to rumor with, uh, with the next Thor film is that, Oh, she had no desire to be there. 
No, I, I don't think she did either, and she didn't work. You know, as no. a, she worked in the first movie, did not work at all in the second movie. So I think that they are working to actively address some of the complaints of uh, of the Dark World. You know, with this next movie, but. Again, that said, I mean, you know, we we remain to see Thor Ragnarok, but I can't help but wonder if Thor Ragnarok won't suffer a little bit of that same thing of the distance now between Dark World and Ragnarok. You know, again, there's this all this time that's going to be passing real world while supposedly some some real shit is going down. Uh, you know, in Asgard, in, in Thor's native realm. So I kind of wonder, you know, will his world suffer for that? Because it definitely did between oh. the first two Thor movies, I, in my opinion. I think I read just recently, Scott, that uh, that that's going to be like basically parallel to Civil War time-wise, or at least it started, you know, it'll probably pick up right when Thor left at the end of Age of Ultron, I'm thinking. And that gives him a so. solid year and a half. Yeah, they, or so. time of flow on it. Time crunching. Asgard. They could just say, what What happened to that girl? And he's like, oh, yeah, we broke up. I'm not really interested yeah, in like the world just right now. Yeah, did with Pepper. Apparently, Pepper. Also, have not. you seen Lady Sif? <laughs> no, <Yeah>. and Lady <laughs> Sif, yeah, I don't. I wonder how they're going to handle that because I don't think she's back in it. I think she is, but I think they've given, her, uh, given him a new love interest that's oh. not her. But she's got a full-time uh-huh. TV gig. She's on that, what, Blind Spot, isn't it, Sarah? Yeah, something like uh-huh. that, yeah. Yeah. And I'm they just throwing it out there. That's what the off-season is for. <clears throat> what was that? Yes, she's in Blind Spot and just throwing it out there. I missed Pepper Potts. I missed their interaction. I did too, and, actually. I thought there was a great, great chemistry between those two. Rumor, rumor has it that she did film some scenes for this and they decided that they didn't work. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so guys, just, it kind of makes sense for her not to be there because So they just doomed the relationship altogether. Okay. Hey. <laughs> You, you guys well, I, I don't know that I don't know that those scenes didn't jive with what we got. Yeah. What were you saying? They've gone exactly along with that. Yeah. I said you guys were talking earlier about the trailers. Now I didn't see too many of them, but classically, when you see the advertisement for a movie, they show you all of the big punch scenes and the big fight scenes and and all of the drama that's happening. And by the time you get there, you've seen so many trailers that you've basically seen the whole movie. And why did I just spend my money and leave my house? I, I put on pants for this. <laughs> <laughs> I say that every day. <laughs> this this movie didn't do that, and I'm grateful to the fact that it left surprises. And a shit ton of trailers come out too, but they were mostly the same thing over and over, little mm-hmm. snippet here or there. And when we finally got the Spider-Man one, I mean, holy shit! But um, yeah, I mean. The big seppies, I mean, that's how it kind of... It was cool that they kind of were able to remain a Captain America movie. And it's because you only had basically the one big set piece of everyone going at it. And it was big enough and joyous enough that you didn't really need any more for the movie. Captain America could have got lost in the movie. It could have been just yeah. sort of Avengers 2.5. Right. It could but have it, gone a whole different direction. Yeah, right. but they, they kept it a Captain America movie... Well, it did feel like it, the movie was misnamed. It should have been like Avengers Civil War because of how much Almost, they covered yeah. with everybody else. Yeah. But it was a Captain America movie in the sense that it continued the plot strings from the previous. Oh, yeah. Movie. Yeah. Speaking of getting lost and the airport scene, did anyone else notice that Vision just kind of goes off the radar the moment that fight begins until mm-hmm. it ends? Well, who yeah, is he, he tussling? At the airport, he got lost. 
<laughs> he's a baggage claim waiting for his book for his stuff to come around. He's Talk just about a cool escalator. And uh, Wanda putting uh, putting Vision through the floor, though. I mean, yeah. those of us who have read like Vision in the comics, I don't know what it looked like to someone who doesn't know the character and like his power set. Because his power set's all like about density. So the way I saw it is like Wanda was just making so super dense and heavy. That he crashed through the floor. You know, that he does gravity just starting levels, yeah. <laughs> and that well, that's one thing I loved about shape. this was that while it didn't feel the need to be slavish to the comics, there were a lot of nods to the comics. And I, I really, you know, again, really as a good. comics yeah. first fan... Uh, of these characters, I really appreciated that. There were there were a lot of. I mean, some of them were blatantly obvious, and then some of them were very subtle. And I and I appreciated all of them. Um, one of the ones that I haven't heard a lot of talk about was I interpreted the moments between the Black Widow and the Winter Soldier to be an acknowledgement of in the comic book continuity they had had a thing. She was not only aware of the Winter Soldier, like they explained in the Winter Soldier movie, you know, that he had come yeah. for her at one point. But in the comics, at one point while he was out of deep freeze, they actually had a, uh, an affair. Hmm. And so she not only was aware of him, she was his lover for a time. I definitely and picked she up was on... aware of him. Yeah. Very aware. Well, but yeah, I that, that could be a long list of people too. Yeah, right, Daredevil's like in there. She had known, yeah, that they had probably done a mission together somewhere in the deep past or something. I'd, I'd be okay. I with thought they were Daredevil, Daredevil Black Widow movie. I thought yeah. they were referring to uh, um, when she asked him, "Do you even recognize me?" It was to the fact when she he put a bullet through her to kill his target that was under her. Well, that's right. I think they left that purposely ambiguous so that. Yeah. You know, geeks like us would debate: Is that what she was talking about, or was she talking about something deeper than that? And I like that that it's not answered; it's open to interpretation. So, if you want to see it as a nod to the comic book thing, you can. If you want to see it as a nod to you know the revelation in the prior movie, you can see it that way. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, I really that was one of the moments I really liked. And it's something they have that could it, it, something could come of it in another movie, or nothing could come of it too. You know, it's right. It sets up possibilities. But there, there were a good number of it. Um, I really liked. I don't. Did anybody else pick up on the fact that uh, Peggy's eulogy borrowed heavily yeah. from Cap's speech to Spider-Man in yeah. the Civil War comic? That was brilliant. because yeah. that that's a powerful Captain America speech in the comic series itself, and and they take a lot of it verbatim. I thought that was really cool too. It was. It's actually originally a Mark Twain. Thing, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I, you know, I think you're right. Yeah. So, you know, who better to crib from than Mark Twain? <laughs> I don't think I've ever read Civil War, so I didn't, I, I might not have picked up on... It's. I, I, I think it's lot, funny how the I know MCU a lot is full. naming these movies after these kind of mediocre runs that they do, these I, crossovers. I know a lot of people were, like, on the internets were expressing relief that the yeah. movie didn't follow the storyline in the comics. So. It's almost like a little fuck you to the, it's like, yeah, yeah this, you made this kind of lukewarm crossover it's, it's, in the comics. I mean, Age of Ultron in the comics was this weird, you know, it was total 
he had pretty much already taken over the world and you know it was really no, an age, age of Ultron was very different but the uh, Civil War story I mean they did hit a lot of the beats from the uh, from yeah. the comic series yeah you know fair. a little bit different you had the death from uh, you know whatever the, the uh, reality TV show that uh, yeah Stanford. In, in the other one but it's similar you know similar that the superheroes were not in check and people died because of it and, and you know I mean it, it was the same conceptually I think and they just changed the story and they tightened it up they made the two points of view much more reasonable that you could understand both of them yeah which I don't think they did in the comic book no they I think they just said better them. I think we said this before you came on Paul that I just thought they had better motivations you believed more while this person was on this team and why this person was on that team yeah they didn't feel out of character, which they very much did in the comic book yeah. version of Civil War. I didn't really buy either one of them a hundred percent, especially Cap, uh, which is funny because in the in the comic, it's somewhat similar to the movie, but the movie feels more true to the character we've, you know, established up to this point, the character we've been following. Whereas comic book Cap in Civil War goes a little bit too far you know there's never a moment of him questioning or anything like that and for him to completely go true outlaw because again you know that's one of the big differences between the comic book version of civil war and the movie version is that it's made very clear that he is now a a fugitive yeah uh, from the law (laughs) which they didn't they didn't quite go that far with the movie you know yeah and uh, but in the comic they definitely did, and that felt very out of character for for me, for Captain America to suddenly go you know completely against uh, everything you know because well, here's this guy that's always been very faithful to uh, you know what he's been told he's a soldier and all that and all of a sudden he just goes nope I don't agree so I, I turn my back on that and that that never sat well with me and of course the whole thing with. Tony Stark being, you know, essentially the villain of the piece, that never sat well with me either. So I like that they took the basic premise and the basic story, but man, did they greatly improve on it. I, you know, it's 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 close enough to satisfy those people that wanted it close, but it's different enough and improved enough to where it, yeah. it's it's no longer just a eh, story now and it's ambiguous great. i mean and it's like at the end of the film neither one's right neither one's completely wrong well, still right now, was the comic like something in the full continuity of both characters comics or was it like a mini series of its own it stretched no, it across everything. Bloody mess yeah. is what it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so, but, it, but, it, okay. So, what? Because I was gonna say, if it was just some sort of like six issue side story alternate universe thing, then they don't have to back it up. With they don't have any movies coming after it. Marvel movies have no, something. Wasn't that? Mm. And and it's not all gonna be Captain America movies. So I think that's why they take the those storylines and bastardize them because they're like, you know, they they don't want to have to follow through on whatever the story is set up. They want to keep it to their own thing because they might be jumping jumping and focusing to another character and grabbing a storyline from another thing, you know, and just sucking the essence out of it. And if if they weren't doing it well, I would probably be griping about it. But as, as long as they keep doing it, like, 
pretty much improving on everything. I'm all for it. Well, one thing uh, I like that the movie did that I don't think the comic did. It's been a while since I've read it. But in the movie, the non-signers had the option to retire and kind yeah. of just go away. I don't think the comic will let them do that. So I well, like that a lot more. Yeah. Because the minute Cap was against it, Murray Hale had him arrested. Well, I, yeah, I like how they pretended that the UN was like this really powerful organization <laughs> and that they yeah. couldn't have just gone like, all right, I'll sign it and then just did whatever they wanted anyway and had the UN go, hey, stop that. You know, yeah, really. <laughs> that's pretty much how it would have worked out in the real world. Just sign yeah, it, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guys. <laughs> but just uh, send the UN army to stop you. From yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah, I'm running in terror from those blue helmets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what happened to the World Security Council? Did they just not restaff it when the people were all killed? How would you be able to restaff it when there was so much corruption going on at the head of it? It's gone. Yeah, like half of well, that's the thing. It was everyone kind of below that. them. Seemingly, it was. They seemed to. They were all killed because they weren't part well, of it. Well, I gotta think. I gotta think. Once uh, Black Widow dumped everything from high yeah. them, that, you know, they somebody read it. It's like, wait, these guys are going to nuke New York City. Maybe it's not such a great idea <laughs> to have them in control of our military like that. Yeah, All uh, I know is that Jessica that. Six did not die, and I want to know more about her. So. <laughs> I don't care how old she gets; she's still fine. So <laughs> she is a good she is a good looking woman for her age. Yeah, she is. And then there was silence. Uh-oh. Easy. <laughs> I'm just thinking about her in that little green number from Logan's Rundown. Sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not thinking about walkabout there? Yeah, I've seen that one too. Yeah. That's yep. even better. Yeah. Yes. They're right. swimming in that. Getting into skeevy old man territory now. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Went from comic books to, to perviness. Well, actually, going back, uh, we've mentioned a couple of times about Iron Man being the, the villain of the picture, but. No one's really said anything about Baron Zemo. What did everyone think of his performance? I love it. Oh, love great. it. He won. He, he won. Cool. He's yeah. the only Marvel villain to basically win the day at the end of it. You know what I really liked about him was that he didn't manipulate specifically the players. He kind of just threw the grenade in the room, like yeah. Bucky, and he just got the fuck out of the way so they could, so everybody else could fight him. Fight yeah, him. he didn't really... want to. Yeah, and that was the thing. He didn't want to have to go to all this trouble if the. Russian commander would have told him what he wanted to know at the jump. All he would have done is he would have went to Siberia, grabbed that videotape, and mailed it to Stark. Yeah. And that would have been it. He's got to do a little extra work for a two-hour movie. He's theoretically the smartest supervillain you ever came across. He says, I know I ain't going to beat you guys. I'm going to have you guys fight each other. Where everybody keeps beating their head, you know, trying to beat these guys, and they keep winning, keep winning. He says he already knew he wasn't going to win, so he says the only way I can do this is have you guys beat each other. Yeah, he doesn't have any superpowers. He actually had a motivation to have you know revenge. I'm like, was he? I thought that was a great point of the movie. Yeah, Yeah, that was. Was he sort of like super glue? No, no, he's (laughs) a vex. Damn it. Now is is his character in the comics more super villainy yes yeah, totally. okay. oh, yeah. so they sort of mandarin them in purple jumpsuit with white frill <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean yeah a napkin over the head but yeah. the beauty of it he, he can still move that way you know he's you know right, he feels right. His, his revenge although at the end of the movie he's like he knows he's won he's like he's yeah, ready he to cap himself because he's like he did what i you know i got him fighting he got the truth out there you know 
I think he overestimated. <laughs> I think we'll see him again. I think he oh, overestimated oh, yeah. how much. So that's, that's my thing. Bar Baron Zemo and the Masters of Evil, like the first, first big fight of Infinity War, of a Thanos spaceship, you know, zap down and, and start the fun from there. But yeah, need to see me some Masters of Evil <laughs> now. <laughs> I think the parallel between uh, the use of Zemo and the use of Ultron in the uh, Avengers 2 is really weird because one of the arguments for uh, Age of Ultron uh, not being that good from uh, reviewers was that they didn't use him quite as much as they might have needed to. They might have been a two-parter um, and that he should have just been extended to make the, uh, make the conflict seem more worldly. But they used him very little to the movies, uh, to a, as a detriment to the movie. But then they use Zemo so little in this movie that it actually helps his performance and um, the threat that he produces so much, because it seems it makes him feel like such an imminent threat because he had to do so little to cause such a big conflict. Yeah, and so he's such a big player as a supervillain because he can just pit them together like chess pieces left the breadcrumbs is all he had to do yeah, yeah. and and since he's, he's not really like he's not like a scenery chewing guy he's like a regular guy who's just really smart yeah. and and has a good mind for revenge yeah it's they they were really smart to use him just a little bit and let your imagination work with him rather than if he had a lot of screen time, he would start looking more like just, you know, a normal guy. And it was smart that they, they kept him right out of marketing, like completely. I don't think there was yeah. one shot of Zemo in any of I had of no trailer. idea he was coming. Yeah, I mean, I had read that. Well, I mean, if there was like... a shot of him, would he even know who he was without uh, uh, any costume or any? He'd be just some guy. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't know. But, I mean, I'd read big stories about Crossbones being the preem, you know, preeminent villain of the piece too early on, and even well, he was they the preeminent villain of the first ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, they, uh... but they yeah, even at one point. I mean, I don't know if it was intentional deception, and if it was, it was brilliant. But they even had. Like Carl Grillo, is it, who plays uh, Crossbones? I forget yeah. the actor's name. Frank but They Grillo. had him out on the press tour saying, yeah, I'm like big deal in this movie. And <laughs> I don't know if he got cut or it, it was just always that way to kind of give us some misdirection. Yeah, they built yeah, him up as an enigmatic bad guy and then he was blown up 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe they killed off, <laughs> killed him off. That, that really threw me. How much more can you actually Nobody do with Crossbones, no though? Yeah, he's dead, dude. He blew up. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, was Scarlet like... Witch. He was he, he was enclosed in some sort of Scarlet Witch bubble. Yeah, when Scarlet Witch yeah. was enclosing him, it was pretty much eating away at his body. The explosion itself, the heat, yeah, he energy. Our... And then when she threw him up in the air, he was the next cap movie. He'll be it probably alive. blew him in yeah. half. Well, it's just I mean, he's a good like secondary thug character that they could have kept using. It's like just stop. Killing off all the good, you know, minor villains and stuff. It's, almost... it's a deep. Oh, there's more villains out there. <laughs> Grim Reaper. Yeah, well, I mean, they're teasing Wonder Man and Guardians too, so. Yeah. Oh my god. Really? Yeah. 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 Really? yeah we... Oh, I won't spoil anything then. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? No? <laughs> well, uh, Nathan, well, Nathan, Nathan Fillion is 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 Simon Williams. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And hey, guess you just got canceled on Castle, so... I say he can do that now because they've just canceled Castle. Start your letter, letter writing campaign now. To... He, better, he better start hitting that gym if he's ever going to actually be Wonder Man, though. Yeah. I don't know, but what's <laughs> CGI? 
wasn't he also rumored to be um... every hero ever? No, yeah, no. I've I've already seen the I've already seen the pictures. It's it's legit. It's and it's not going to be like in your face, but it's he's going to be on movie posters as yeah. Simon Williams, the actor, like yeah. playing like Tony Stark in like a Steve Jobs type thing. Apparently, yeah, yeah. sweet. So, um... <laughs> what else can we say? We're nerds. We love this shit. Yeah, I know. Um... It's like herding cats. I just love watching you boys do this stuff. This is great. <laughs> oh, you're one of those people that likes to watch. I love re-listening to it when I'm editing and just hear the progression of time and exhaustion. It's really awesome to watch from my point of view. Can the vision piss, though? <laughs> <laughs> Only if he changes the molecular structure. Yeah, it's more kind of like motor oil. It comes out kind of thick. It's more of a, oh, It's just a simulation. You've much about this, McGregor. <laughs> Back to the corner. <laughs> All right. I, don't know. I yep. think we should wrap this up. I was just about to say. Uh, so should we, into dark should we do just like Team Iron Man and, and or Team Cap and give a little quick justification or... I, I said it. I said it on the one I did with Paul and, and Bill. Ideally, I, I as an idealist, I would be Team Cap. As a realist, I'd be Team Tony. Yeah, I'll jump in and say I think that's about where I'm at too. Or undecided. I just I have to give it another view, I guess. I can see aspects of both, and um, I think that's the beauty of this that it left you. Like I said like. B versus S kind of approach the same questions, but never bothered to answer any of them. This approaches the questions to their logical conclusions, and we realize there's still no answers. But I think it it did it a lot better. And um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I got to go Team Cap ultimately, but I do see as uh, I thought one of the best lines was General Ross, you know, talking about, well, you don't know where Banner or Thor are, and. Steve kind of gives him a shrug, and he's like, hey, look, if I had lost two 30-megaton bombs, <laughs> I might be in trouble for that. <laughs> or might have some bad consequences down the road. He's got a valid point. So. I don't think General Ross has expressed the, uh, you know, it's the guy that likes to shoot up college campuses looking for the Hulk, so I don't know if he's the best one to make those decisions. But, uh, yeah, Team Cap, I'll go as, as, just like Hero said, idealist and realist Iron Man. Apparently, uh, you know, being the idealist, get your Sharon Carter as a girlfriend, so I'm going to go with Cap. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things about the General Ross quote is it shows what he thinks of these people. He doesn't think of them as people. He thinks of them as either assets or weapons. Yeah, well, that's... that's Same way he treats all. Yeah. And his thing, though, while well, he's secretary, and him as secretary of state, right? I mean, it almost seemed like they should have made Ross secretary. It was defense, either state or was, defense. Yeah, it was state. State, but yeah. secretary of state. Yeah, you would think Ross would be, you know, the defense guy, but whatever. Um, you'd think as a member of government, he'd be responsible and sober. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not for our heroes of anecdotes about golf heart attacks. But, uh, so was that a Team Iron Man or Team Cap, Paul? Oh, I'm on Team Cap. I was on Team Cap going in. I was on Team Cap going out. Right. <clears throat> and except for the fact that he was made insane by what he was shown by Zemo, 
Tony Stark went over the team cap too. Yeah. 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 He did. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I I said again. You know, Chris pointed out that we we've kind of gone through this, but I said then. You know, the the way it's presented in this particular universe, you couldn't trust the uh, the government to take take a hold of it, whether it's the the government of an individual country or the United Nations or whatever, because you already saw what Hydra can do. Yeah. So all of a sudden you have all sorts of red tape before you can go in and go into action, because because by the time they're done voting on it, you know, so what is it, Slovakia or whatever the heck it was, is, yeah. is gone. So, and, you know, and a meteorite destroying the rest of humanity. Yeah, exactly. So so in this <laughs> that plan wouldn't work anyway. So I think you got to go with Team Cap on it. Dave Walker. Lost Dave again. Uh oh. He's muted. Unmute man. Unmute. He's. He's typing. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I was skipping for a moment again. What's the round state? It's great, even types with an accent. <laughs> Is this thing on? There you oh, go. Yeah, Must win. Yeah, uh, Team Spider Man, but if I had to go with anyone, uh, Team Cap. <laughs> Serotonin? Uh, Batman. <laughs> no, because um, he's the goddamn Batman. Yes, because he's fucking Batman. But no, um, Captain America all the way around. I can see the other side where, you know, the collateral damage, somebody should answer for it, and I see where they feel bad. But having the government tell you what you can do and where you can do it ends badly, as we've seen so many times. Um, Captain America's team all the way. Yeah. Scott Gardner the second, one point seven five. Uh Captain America team cap one hundred percent. And actually I want to uh reference Colossus's speech actually from Deadpool when he talks about being a hero. Um you have five or six moments in your entire career or life. Yeah. Um and some people just die during the line of duty as a hero five or six moments where you can choose to be good or bad and what you want to do. And um, Cap says when they're discussing this, when you sign the Sokovia Accords, you give up your right to choose. Yeah. yeah. And Cap wants to be a hero. But the moment you can no longer be in the field and have the ability to even experience those five or six moments to be a hero, it he can't be a hero so it goes completely against the entire idea of what a hero is and it goes against cap's ideology completely so well i'm with cap the entire way through well said did we do you yet scott senior no um oh, go for it <laughs> i'm gonna just say team marvel <laughs> there you go absolutely Team Black Panther, man. Make that movie Make tomorrow. mine Marvel. Uh, Mike? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, Either or, just more giant men ripping wings off of airplanes. And I, I'm going to go Team Cap. He was... He, he was against the Accords, but... And he was willing to obey them by retiring, but I like the fact that he came out of retirement to do what he needed to do for... For his best friend, so team cap all the way. Yeah. 
right. Uh, Chris Warden, did we get you? Uh, nope. Yep. Um, team Cap, um, because uh, he's a kid from Brooklyn. It, I'll go with him over uh, the government any day. Or Queens. Because much asshole. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> uh, the government is, is uh, too bloated to otherwise to be effective. So, yeah. Team Cap. They do that taxes thing all the time. Fuck them. <laughs> Chris Honeywell. Oh, it's it's a no-brainer. I'd be Team Cap without any thought. My lawyer, Lawrence Clawhammer III, <laughs> always tells me you don't sign <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Especially without no lawyer there. Nope. They had whoa, 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 whoa. Just, oh. Who is their lawyer? The only lawyer we've even seen in the Marvel Universe anywhere is Matt Murdock. I mean, that's that's right. see, that's it, how you can slip Matt Murdock. I mean, this. maybe one of the Avengers that were staying around's a notary or something. Steve Rogers show up with Murdock and Nelson. But you know, yeah, you don't sign nothing, especially with like, yeah, no, come on, not if you're a superhero and you want to do superhero things. I'd be really in into being Team Iron Man if I wanted to see all the superheroes. Like playing chess and and watching reruns of you know keeping up with the Kardashians sounds awesome. <laughs> we got Mr. Clawhammer with us. So we, I was wondering about the Hulk. Would which signature would be legally binding? <laughs> <laughs> Bam! <laughs> you know, we're coming to troubles like that. It's it's. Well, Hulk would just smash the contract. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and and could you bind? David, ba- is he Bruce? Ba- He's Bruce Banner, right? And yeah. He, yeah. Could you bind Bruce Banner and the Hulk to the same contract? Right. You know, it's it's it would be a little ridiculous. Maybe Banner will sign it. The other guy. Banner would be the one. Yeah, who doesn't matter. He'd be like, sure, I'll sign anything. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? You know, what could he do? He's like the Winter Soldier, you know. Hulk hate Yeah. He, all he knows is he, eventually he's gonna smash. Mr. Hulk. I do, Mr. Hulk. We're, 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 we're going to get him in the, in the next Thor movie. We're going to have a Hulk or a road movie. I'm, I really have to watch that, that, that last Hulk movie, the last standalone Hulk movie again, because I've been talking about it and thinking about it a lot. I was a fan of it. Love right? it. It might be, my, it might be one up, up, right up there in my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah, because it was such a total love letter to the TV show, too. It, all the while fitting with the museum. Oh, it was green as hell, too. Yeah. I think that's all she wrote, kids. I just like to say that I think it's amazing that everybody agreed. Not one person went Team Tony. We're t- we're t- t- yeah, just me and Hero were the only ones that were like, yeah, well, well, depends on what <laughs> I it, but I would follow Cap. <laughs> I mean, we were trying to kind of poke around, like, our listener base and the internet and the Facebook page to see if there's someone who, like, wasn't just like, oh, you know, I hated the movie because Marvel sucks or whatever. Somebody who was like, yeah, I didn't like it and had, had you know, coherent or semi-coherent reasons. And that di- we're having much luck, apparently. If I'm thinking long game, though, you know, I, I want to be on the team farthest away from the vision because... The motherfucker has an infinity gem in his forehead, and you know, Penis is coming for that head eventually. Yeah. Yes. Anywho. Can't wait to see that fight. Uh, it's going to be 
be a fun ride. What's what's coming? Is Black Panther next or it's Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange. Oh, Doctor Strange. Strange. Oh, hey. yeah, like November. That's gonna be fucking epic. Um, this leaves the Marvel universe in some weird places, man. And I'm a little. It'll be. I hopefully they'll address like where Spidey is. Presumably he's gonna be registered. So like, are we gonna see him getting missions doled out to him? His movies, or hopefully they're not. Registered. I don't think. Iron Man just kind of sent him home. He was, he was the, he, he was the, the Doc was that Tony brought in. I think yeah, that was. I'm yeah. kind of Tony smart enough to keep it that way. Well, a I was gonna say he's not old enough to sign a contract. He brought him yeah, in just just long yeah, yeah, I don't think Tony wants too many people to know that he basically trapped a 15 year old. So. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, uh, I guess Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will probably somewhat address what's going on this week with that. They, they addressed that a little bit last week. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Mike. Yeah, just a little brief throwaway. That was enough. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. But uh, yeah, looking forward to Doctor Strange. This has been a way too long five-minute freak of... Uh, <laughs> Several five minutes. Yeah, Captain America. This has been 45 five-minute freaks. Absolutely, and who knows, we may even get something else down the road from Hope Mullinex, which I sort of segued into somewhere in this, but we'll find a place for it. And now, here's Hope. Ta-da! There we go. Thank you all. Hope I didn't make too much of a mess of this. And, uh... Ah, you'll fix it in post. Go to sleep (laughs) tomorrow already. Fuck it, we'll do it live! Thanks for letting me jump in late. Yeah, no problem, Paul. That's what she said. Yep. <laughs> no way. All right, do I just push the red button and you're all gone, or you know? Never, ever, ever push the red button. <laughs> Don't push the button. I hosted the call. Oh, that's. Right. Oh no. Oh, I'm sorry. Good night, everybody. The rest of you too. Good night, Paul. Good night, Paul. Oh, Paul, before you leave, right, I, I want to ask Scott Gardner a question. If we, Before I leave, you want to ask Scott Gardner? Yeah, because it involves uh, your backyard. Well, you, you, you can't ask my client <laughs> any questions without putting them through me first. Well, I, I'd like to ask a, your client a, a question about if we put a kiddie pool full of vodka in the backyard and let him go <laughs> swimming in it, do you think that's how the Man of Steel commentary can <laughs> You know what? Uh, quite honestly, I think Scott has gone unsullied so far with this, and I would not want to do anything. Oh, I know. It would be like uh, sacrificing a virgin or something. Yeah. It would be, it would be, yeah, it would be. Can we do that? That sounds like fun. <laughs> I'm off the table. Sorry. <laughs> we are, dude. Yikes. <laughs> Two True Freaks was brought to you today by the Monster Milan, Italy, and by That's the right. letters F and U. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at twotruefreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. 
Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.